You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. The serious side of the J. Rao Show is coming up next right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio at its best. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. No more, it's none of my business. No more, I'm sure they'll work it out. No more, boys will be boys. No more, I'll say something next time. No more, why didn't she tell anyone? No more, she was flirting with him. No more, she's too smart to let that happen. No more, not my problem. No more, he didn't mean it. No more, why doesn't she just leave? No more, he said he was sorry. No more, she was drunk. No more, she was asking for it. No more, she seems just fine to me. No more, she should have been more careful. No more. We don't talk about that. No more bystanding. No more ignorance. No more excuses. No more. No more. No more. WWE Superstar Big Show here to tell you if you've been drinking, get a ride. Take a cab. Find another safe way to get home. Cops all across the country are cracking down on drunk driving. They will see you before you see them. Drive sober or get pulled over. Online radio at its best. Online radio at its best. Hey, 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 good day. If you're ready, map of the south. Let's do this. I'm telling you, I am first very honored that you would join me tonight. He has a very limited time spot, so we want to bring in Mr. Alan Farrell right away. Hey, how are you, Kathleen? You know what? I'm going to make you do what I do, baby. Man, what's crack-a-lackin', baby? What's crack-a-lackin'? It's time for the serious side of the James Brown Show. Don't try to call me out, princess. You can take your love and true purpose and stick it. She's a bitch. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Network. From NPR News in Washington, I'm Giles Snyder. Riot police are standing guard at ballot stations across Hong Kong today as people vote in an election seen as a referendum on months of unrest. Reporter Anna Marie Evans is in Hong Kong. Long queues have formed at many polling stations in Hong Kong as voters wait to cast their ballot in key local district council elections that are being viewed as a referendum on the city's months of unrest. The pro-democracy parties expect a strong showing in defiance of a government they say has done nothing to ease public anger. Riot police have been deployed to guard the polling stations. Hong Kong is now in its sixth month of anti-government demonstrations and city leader Carrie Lam says organizing the elections in the face of the unrest has been a challenge. We should have a relatively peaceful and calm environment to conduct these elections successfully. Voters are selecting members to fill the city's 18 district councils who handle local matters. A strong showing by opposition candidates would indicate support for the pro-democracy movement. Recent protests have become increasingly violent, but there's been no trouble so far today. Meanwhile, the well-known pro-democracy activist Joshua Wong, who was barred from running in the election, voted today shortly after polls opened. And speaking to reporters afterward, Wong called on those who have not yet voted to do so before the polls close. I urge people in Hong Kong, if they urge to stop police brutality, call on free elections. It's time for them to vote. Every vote counts. 
vote when we still have elections. Voting is expected to wrap up in about an hour and a half. First results are expected before midnight Hong Kong time. To Bolivia now, where lawmakers have passed a bill paving the way for new elections after weeks of violent unrest. NPR's Philip Reeves says the legislation means that former President Evo Morales cannot run. It's been two weeks since Morales fell from power, amid mass protests over allegations that he rigged last month's election to win a fourth term. Since then, his supporters have blockaded roads. They've held big demonstrations against the interim president who replaced Morales. Dozens have been killed or injured in clashes with security forces who've opened fire on crowds. Now, there might be a breakthrough. Bolivia's Congress is controlled by the Socialist Party of Morales, yet both houses unanimously agreed to a bill that annuls the last election and lays the ground for a new vote. It sets term limits, preventing Morales from running. The date will be set by a new electoral tribunal once that's appointed. But it reads NPR News. The Supreme Court says Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg could be released from a hospital as soon as this morning. The court issued a statement this weekend saying Justice Ginsburg was admitted Friday night after experiencing chills and a fever, but that her symptoms have eased. You're listening to NPR News. Coming up next on The Serious Side. President Biden, you suggested in your campaign that if you defeat President Trump, Republicans will start working with Democrats again. But right now, Republicans in Congress, including some of whom you've worked with for decades, are demanding investigations not only of you, but also of your son. How would you get those same Republicans to work with you? Well, look, the next president of the United States is going to have to do, th- do two things. Defeat Donald Trump. That's number one. And number two, going to have to make, be, be able to go into states like Georgia and North Carolina and other places and get a Senate majority. We know the tragic story of Joe Biden's son, Beau, who died of brain cancer in 2015 at age 46. The entire nation, President Obama included, felt for the father's loss. Now Joe Biden's other son, Hunter, is coming under the spotlight. It turns out he has quite the complicated love life. Last month, he married this woman, Melissa Cohen. Get this, after knowing each other for only 10 days. Dr. Fiona Hill, who served on the president's National Security Council, laying it on the line today. Gordon Sondland was involved in what she calls a domestic political errand. It had nothing to do with national security, nothing at all. It was all about what was good for the president politically. I thought it was obvious to you that the burst moment Biden's. Yes, it was. And, and you, you actually treated that as a pretty easy thing to understand. In fact, Mr. Morrison figured it out with a single Google search. But is it credible to you that Mr. Sondland was completely in the dark about this all summer? I mean, you had an argument about it. Didn't no, he it, say, it, what are you so worried about? It's not to me at all that he was um, oblivious to this. I'm sorry, I couldn't hear your answer. It is not credible to me that he was oblivious. Was there a quid pro quo? As I testified previously, with regard to the requested White House call and the White House meeting, The answer is yes. Everyone was in the loop. No conspiracy theory is too outlandish for the Democrats. You would think they would take some interest in Burisma, and you think they would be interested in Joe Biden. We need to subpoena Hunter Biden. I think one of the mothers of all conspiracy theories is that somehow the 
president of the United States would want a country that he doesn't even like, he doesn't want to give foreign aid to, to have the Ukrainians start an investigation into Biden's. Welcome to the serious side of the Jay Ryle Show with Mrs. Vanessa Maybell, Mr. Jerome Esprit, the official texter of the show, Mr. Johnny D, and Mr. Elias. Now here is your host, Jay Ryle. Biden, but uh, what's the guy's name with the big mustache? Bowden. We may see him. 
We may see some White House counsel come to the table and testify. So they're not ruling out the possibility of having more public hearings. But at this point, what has been scheduled is closed. So they're going to proceed in putting together the impeachment inquiry. And I'm telling you, it was some stuff. It was fireworks. A lot happened during the week. Let me play a clip between uh, a back and forth between Adam Schiff and Jim Jordan. And we're going to start a conversation immediately after that clip. Throughout this time, as I've testified, we were trying to find uh, a formula, things we could do with the Ukrainians that would convince the president that they were worth talking to. Maybe, maybe Mr. Holmes, the takeaway was he thought it was no big deal because he already knew. He didn't remember it because we already had the transcript. No, I, he I didn't keep... remember the. He didn't remember the. We, we had the, 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 the Trump Zelensky transcript had been out for two months. Sir, I believe that when Even I know you're repeatedly bringing this conversation up, as you said to everybody, when it's when there any time there's a talk about Ukraine, you you recall this conversation. Maybe it was the transcript. The call happened on the July 25th. That's four months ago. The transcript's been out for two months. Maybe the ambassador thought this is this is nothing new here. But Shazam! Last week you come forward with supposedly this new information. There is nothing different in there than what we had on the transcript. Maybe that's the reason their star witness, their first witness, didn't bring it up. But they had to have something. So you're their closing witness because you overheard, you overheard the president talking to Ambassador Sondland. Sir, if I could answer, I see four seconds left on the clock. Um, I believe Mr. that Mr. Holmes, you may take as long as you need. Thank you, sir. I believe that Ambassador Taylor did already know when I briefed him when I returned from vacation on the 6th. He, it was not news to him that the president was pressing for a Biden investigation. That's not what I asked. I asked why he didn't share with us. Well, Jordan, Mr. Jordan, please it, do not interrupt the witness any further. Mr. Holmes, this, this is exactly Mr. Jordan's my... time has expired, but yours has not. Okay, thank you. You may sir. answer the question. <laughs> uh, it's exactly my point. Um, I briefed the call in detail of the deputy chief of mission, went away for a week, come back, I refer to the call, and everyone is nodding. Of course that's what's going on. Of course the president is pressing for a Biden investigation before he'll do these things the Ukrainians want. There was nodding agreement. So did I go through every single word in the call? No, because everyone by that point agreed. It was obvious what the president was pressing for. And Ambassador Taylor, as you've just outlined, had all those other interactions. With but he all didn't these share it with us. Mr. Jordan, please do not interrupt. But, sir, sir, that, <laughs> but, but, sir my vivid recollection of an event I was involved with was a touchstone experience that, to me, validated and what, sir, Jordan, could, please what, what we interrupt. believed. And Ambassador Taylor was not in that call. And so all he of was, a sudden last week, you've got to come Mr. tell Jordan, us, right? Mr. Jordan, you know your boss will allow the witness to answer the question. I'll, I'll, I'll finish with this. Thank you. He was involved in a number of other interactions, as you've outlined, that brought him to the same conclusion. It is quite possible that that... But he doesn't share the Mr. one that Mr. the guy Jordan, he Mr. With. Jordan, he may, share Mr. That Jordan you may not like the witness's answer, but we no, will hear I, I, it. There wasn't an answer. Mr. Jordan, we will hear the witness's answer. Have you concluded, Mr. Holmes? I have, sir. Thank you. Thank you. stuff all during the week. You think that was something. Boy, we have plenty of information or plenty of clips to play to demonstrate how divisive this Congress is, and especially this particular committee. Let's start the conversation off with Mr. Elias. Mr. Elias, man, give me your overall thoughts on, you know, how you felt about uh, the uh, 
the uh, uh, proceedings, and, you know, what do you think? What do you think? Do you think the Democrats made their case? And try to look at this not through your rose-colored glasses, because we all know, I think everybody knows how we feel on this show, but try to t- look at it from a 10,000-foot view and uh, just be that independent that's on the fence. Do you think they proved their case beyond a reasonable doubt that this president has, uh, you know, violated uh, the oath of office and he should be impeached and subsequently removed from office? What say you? Yes, I, I actually I do believe it because his own ambassador silence said, you know, everybody was in on it. This is his ambassador. This is the people that he put in charge. They he said without a shadow of a doubt, everybody was in on it. They knew about it. There was a a quid pro quo. Did he or did he not say that? He did say that. And then you had another the uh, the the. the the first lady that came out and testified, I, I can't, uh, can't remember her name. She, she pretty much said the same thing. All, all of the people said the same. I bet you, I bet you talking about her. Yes, and even the two okay. guys that that the, the, the that the Republicans called up, <laughs> they, they were so concerned. They were so concerned about the call that they wouldn't consult the Lord. They wouldn't talk to their to to their. Um, to, to, to the people in charge of them, and they say, hey, I don't want to hear it. Go talk to the lawyer. So if there was nothing wrong with this call, if it was such a perfect call, why, why did these people, why did they feel that way? Why did the guy get up immediately and say, hey, hey, such and such, 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 and the guy said, go talk to the lawyer. I don't want to hear it. He didn't want, he didn't want to be involved in it. And then the, the young lady, the, 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 the last young lady to testify, Jesus, Fiona Hill. Come. Yeah. Miss Hill was, oh, she was just unbelievable with it. When she came out and said everything she said, and she said everything that the Republicans are repeating is Russian, is, is controlled by the Russians, I'm done. You know, how, how, what, what else do you need? These are all Trump people. This is all people that, that, that are in place by, because of him. And I didn't have one person come up and testify and say, oh, he did everything perfect. Yeah, you had people <laughs> that, that changed their testimony once they got in front of Congress. That, that right, right in the middle of it said, oh, nah, nah, I got to change it. And hindsight view, yeah, if that, if that was what was going on. So, yeah, I would say that they, they proved it. But Republicans came back with, <laughs> Wow. I, I, I was I was just astonished that they came back and was just I mean it was a mockery it was definitely a mockery. You know Vanessa, um, one of the things that the Republicans the Republicans never really went in and challenged anything as far as um, you know what what the, the witnesses were saying. They were talking about process. You know, Devin Nunes, now there's a report out that Devin Nunes, and we're going to talk about that a little later, this guy was involved in this stuff. We're gonna, I mean, these guys are corrupt from beginning to end. And as far as I'm concerned, you know, I just don't see how anyone who's going to look at this from an objective standpoint can walk away from those conclusions, from those hearings, saying, you know what, this guy didn't do anything. Now, what I'm thinking is they may be saying, well, okay, well, okay, yes, so what he asked him for a favor? Big deal. We we do this all the time. And see, and this is the thing that when you have people saying that we want to put someone in office that's just like us, and we, you know, you hear me say this a thousand times in the show, you know what, you're not qualified to be president. 
So why do you think it's okay to put someone in office that thinks and acts like you? And we're seeing the results. A man who does not understand governing, a man who thinks that he is the king of the United States instead of the president of the United States, and these hearings are showing that this guy is doing shady deals in the, in the highest office, not in the land, but in the world. Governor Blagojevich is in jail because he tried to do the same thing with then-Senator Obama's Senate seat. But it's okay because he's a Democrat. Well, what, what did you pull away from the uh, from the debates? And same question to you. Looking at it from, you know, a person that's on the fence. Do you think Democrats did what they had to do to prove their case? I do, and you know, I, I looked at it early in the morning, and I tweeted this weekend. But brother Jay, you had it going on tweeting while I was in Vegas. To wake me up to look at it So I appreciate that But um, no let me tell you what I don't like About the proceedings I don't like that, that the colonel The lieutenant colonel Who yep. him And his brother And his other brother Are all lifetime military people And y'all want to say You don't believe him when he has dedicated his entire life and his family, his brother was sitting in the courtroom behind him. And for them to not believe him as a Republican, I think is insane. I think it's ludicrous. Who in the world put their life and their job on the line just to go to court and lie about Donald Trump? I mean, please. So I think it was cruel for Trump to tweet about that the lady, while she was sitting there talking last week, she was tweeting about her. I think that the Republicans, and I'm going to say what Joy said on her show, is it worth it, Republicans, that I'm talking to, whoever's listening, that the Republicans who are voting for Trump, hiding information for Trump, not coming to court because Trump told them not to, not siding with right versus wrong. How is it going to look for them 30 years from now when they dead and gone and their children and their children's children's children, generations behind, is going to be wondering why George and why the rest of them sided with the man who was a crook? And guess what? They're not going to be here to respond to their great-great-grandchildren why they did it. Because this is all going down in the history book. I had some people on my page tweet a message saying, why are they blocking up all the channels? I'm trying to look at my soap operas, and I'm sure I lost some friends this week. Because I surely made a comment and said that it's just a little bit more important than Young and the Restless. The thing that those people said about Donald Trump was unbelievable that they heard it. He told them this, and once they started keeping other people out the loop, they were keeping other people out the loop because they didn't want them to know and find out and tell it. And for those of you Republicans who feel that the whistleblower should come forth, that is ludicrous. The purpose of being a whistleblower is so that your identity is kept secret so that you will be safe telling it on somebody in the government. The Republicans made up these rules 
But now that people are playing these rules against them, they want to say the Democrats is just out there trying to get rid of the president. I think it's insane. You know, that's a good. I think they got a lot of information, Jay, but is it going to be a, it's not going to get past the house because those Republicans it's not are going to get past the Senate. Like right. Because it's, it's not going to get past the Senate. Yeah, cuz the Senate is, is controlled. You know, Jerome, you know, I, I was thinking about something. I said, you know, I look at you and I don't know if you're going to take offense to this or not. You know, I watch a lot of MSNBC and and you know, and a lot of times Steve Schmidt, he has reemerged uh, because he had been on a hiatus, but now he has reemerged, and he's usually on the Cole Wallace show. And usually, when it's time for them to go to him, she just says, "You know what? You just take it." Because the bottom line is that we don't need to ask you anything. We just want to hear your opinion. I look at you as being the Steve of this show. I'm not going to ask you anything. I'm just going to say, "Man, the floor is yours." What's to you? <laughs> you know what? That that's not. Um... How did you, you take that wrong? I have, I have a lot of respect for Steve Smith, and you know, just and it's because both of us are strategists, right? We actually work campaigns, opposed to doing political pundit stuff. And so, right. strategists, people who you call to run campaigns, usually are people who have their ear to the ground a little bit better. I don't agree with him and, and his perspective um, on on a lot of things, but I do respect the fact that. He can see, like, his ethics are in order. And so when it really comes down to what impression that you give to everybody else, when you are supposed to be in office, I don't know how many times, you know, I've talked to people who won elections and gave them a civics lesson. This is what your job is. This is what you're supposed to do. I mean, after they won, I've given them civics lessons. And the trick is is that somebody... It's it's for me. It's kind of a sign of your um, of being smart to find somebody who understands stuff to ask them questions. You could be an egomaniac when you run for office, like a lot of people are, and they usually can't hear anybody. But smart people right. usually find other smart people uh, or people who know things that they don't um, to mm-hmm. consult them. So when John McCain had problems, again, Steve Smith was at a family cookout, and, and he wanted to bring him onto the campaign when Sarah Palin was there, and Steve Smith told him no. And initially, it does take strategists. I really don't like doing campaigns. I think for years, for at least the last 20 years, I always said that this is my last race, and I always keep hearing, you know, that's famous last words you're going to end up running for office, and I don't believe that. But people who are who have their ear to the ground know that that um, politics on the surface is really dirty, right? You, right. We watched the impeachment hearing where Nunes, um, Jordan, they knowingly lied, right? Because you cannot – it's like a police officer. You cannot um, have conversations with people who you know are lying to you. So no matter how much a policeman lies to you, it's like, if you tell me the truth, I'll make sure you get a fair deal. He's lying, right? And you tell that fool something, he arrests you for something you didn't do, right? They do this. They do it on TV all the time. When you, you can watch Law & Order and watch it happen. People in authoritative positions where they know they cannot get held accountable for lying will lie. So Nunes has done that pretty much his whole career there. Now Lindsey Graham, who have this, mm. in, you know, 
righteous mm-hmm. indignation mm-hmm. where he's like, I can't believe in on the strength of our fine founding fathers. I can't believe anybody falls for that. But I'm a realist oh, when boy. it comes down to it. I realize that we're talking about programming. So mm-hmm. how do you how do you deprogram people from something? Like we we watch the impeachments. I, I know um, some of us have, but at the same time, in every major paper, even the foreign papers, was like, got him, Trump um, is guilty. Like in every paper. They did it like three days in a row because everybody who came up kind of confirmed that he knew. And then yeah. yesterday, or was it yesterday or the day before, um, through the Freedom of Information Act, that his Secretary of State Pompeo, they got the documents that had him make a phone call to Giuliani, who talked to Trump, who talked to Pompeo. Trump knew, and now Pompeo implicated himself. Because he had to release those documents for the, because the court said that they had to release it. Now this is the same document that the the uh, Democrats asked for, and they wouldn't release it to them. But they released it when court told them to. And the Democrats said we're not playing this game. But that can lead to the impeachment of Pompeo. Now Nunes, the thing that Swalwell did to him was he put in the record the article that said Nunes flew to Ukraine to get dirt on Biden. And what he did is he waited until after the midterm elections, right? And in December, so the elections in November, he knew that he wouldn't be the ranked, um, the person ahead of the judicial um, committee. So he waited till December when he had the means to travel on taxpayer dimes, flew to Europe to go to Ukraine to find information on Biden. You know who told? His aide told that. He said he did it on purpose so that they wouldn't be able to trace that he actually went to re- Ukraine. That just came out mm-hmm. yesterday. Oh, yeah, we, we have can, the clip. We're going to play it after on, on the right, other side. Yeah. We, have, we and, have the whole thing, breaking it down. And, and, and so I am just saying in the bigger picture, all of those guys are so corrupt that it's suspending people's belief in this. It's like, oh, that's just partisan. Because just because they're saying that. People want to believe them. No matter how much they lie, folks want to believe them. So for me, it's, um, it, it is, I'm just observing right now. So as an observer, I can tell you that you can't figure out why people take things the way they take them, but the only thing you can do is respect um, what's going on. Like I'm not really emotional about any of this stuff um, generally, because I, you, I'd rather know why they think like that than, than to try to persuade them to not think like that. Because it's crazy. It's very obvious. It's, it's like somebody who cheats and wins a game, and then they're celebrating, jumping up and down like they honestly won it. <laughs> it's like, what is wrong with you? You just cheated. <laughs> they're like, we won. That's how, that's how the Republicans are acting. So, they yeah, are what, what, what we're seeing. What we're seeing from that group is is off the chain. Like you said, thank you for queuing it up. On the other side of the break, we're going to play uh, that clip that uh, about Nunez because the bottom line, but it's a pretty lengthy clip. But the reason why we, you know, usually try to keep our clips, you know, what under two minutes or so, unless it's a special uh, part of the show. But because of the seriousness of this, I think it's important for the public to get all the information. So on the other side, we're going to play that extended clip. Also. 
uh, in this week's edition of Informant Interest, something that you need to know. You know, opioids, there's a lot going on, guys, in America. And, and, and everybody is just fixated on what's happening with this dirty president that we have in the White House. But there's an opioid uh, crisis out there. And we talk about some of the victims, but there are very young victims, newborns, small children. And can you believe it that there is a fight? They have to fight for money to combat this? All the things that's going on in this country, people who are suffering from this, bottom line is they're trying to fight for funding to help take care of that. So on the other side, we have the clips. We'll continue the conversation about the uh, debates. Also, our favorite guy, Kavina, Kavina Man, is on the line, and you'll hear from him next. It's the serious side. It's on a beautiful Sunday, and uh, tell you what, man, so much to get into. You're listening to the TGRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. We'll be right back after this. Don't go anywhere. The addiction crisis has seeped into nearly every aspect of U.S. life. Among the most vulnerable victims are tens of thousands of babies born every year to mothers who took opioids. The image of these trembling, crying babies in hospital nurseries is often invoked by lawyers suing the opioid companies. But as WPLN's Blake Farmer reports, some worry that when those lawsuits end, there won't be any money left for those babies as they grow. Neonatal abstinence syndrome, or NAS as it's known, was only recently something doctors even looked for. The numbers quadrupled over a decade. The condition can result in tremors, seizures, and even breathing trouble in the first days of life. Robbie Nicholson of Eagleville, Tennessee, knows what it's like to watch your baby withdrawing from drugs you were taking. The whole experience was just traumatizing, really. Nicholson's ordeal goes back to her first pregnancy. Afterwards, she was prescribed a pile of Percocets by her doctor. That was the norm. Back then, it was like I was on them for like a full month. And then he was like, okay, you're done. And I was like, oh, my God, I've got a newborn, first-time mom, no energy, no sleep. Like, that was getting me through. And so it just built, built and built and built off that. After developing a full-blown addiction to painkillers, she eventually found her way into recovery, taking medication to keep her opioid cravings at bay, and then another pregnancy. The trouble is, medication-assisted drug treatment, which involves taking a special kind of opioid, can still result in withdrawals for the newborn. Hospitals have gotten pretty good at weaning them, but not much is known about the long-term effects. And I wanted her to be perfect, and she is absolutely perfect, but just that in the back of my mind is always going to be there. That's Nicholson's youngest, now a toddler. She's happy and healthy, if a bit strong-willed, Nicholson says. There are thousands of children like her entering the education system, and neonatologist Stephen Patrick says this is where money is so desperately needed. So you hear teachers talking about infants with developmental delay. I mean, I just got an email this morning from somebody. Patrick says no one's shown a direct link between NAS and behavior problems in kids, but that's where more research is headed. As states, cities, counties, and even hospitals are going after drug companies in court, Patrick fears the kids will be left out. He leads the Center for Child Health Policy at Vanderbilt University. It's somewhere where we need to be in the mix right now in schools, understanding how we can support teachers, how we can support students as they try to learn. Even as we work out, was there cause and effect of opioid use and uh, developmental delays or issues in school? But it's a nuanced problem with no consensus on where money's most needed, even among those who've been working on the problem for years. 
Justin Lanning started 180 Health Partners, which works with mothers at risk of delivering a drug-dependent baby, he sees a need to fund government insurance for new mothers, since in some states coverage goes away after just two months. He says that often derails the mother's own drug treatment funded by Medicaid. This consistency of care is so key to their recovery, to their productivity, to their thriving. Lanning's company hires mothers who've been there to act as mentors. Robbie Nicholson is one of them. And working directly with these pregnant women struggling with addiction, she says their biggest need is a stable place to live and reliable transportation. It's just I feel kind of hopeless because I'm like, oh my God, I don't know what to tell these women. There are many needs, Nicholson says, but no simple fix. Those who work with mothers in recovery fear any opioid settlement money may be spread so thin that it doesn't benefit their children, the next generation of the crisis. For NPR News, I'm Blake Farmer in Nashville. Was there a quid pro quo? As I testified previously, with regard to the requested White House call and the White House meeting, the answer is yes. Everyone was in the loop. That was Ambassador Sutherland from his testimony earlier this week. Welcome back in. 347-850-1272 is the call-in number. It's 37 minutes after the hour. You're listening to the serious side. It has promised... Our favorite guys, biggest one. Of, I'm gonna say our biggest supporter, uh, the one and only Mr. Kavina Man. Let's get his mic open. Good morning, Kavina Man. Welcome into the show, man. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, good morning, everybody. Everybody have a happy good Thanksgiving. Morning, sir. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna ask this. Uh, my, my thing is, I, I hear on the on the on the talking head shows or whatever. You know, this is a threat to democracy and all that stuff. The GOP. And these, they're, they're white supporters. They don't give a crap about democracy. They don't care about the no, rule right. of law. They don't care about what's right, what's wrong. They care about one thing: that these white people stay in power, and and, and they have uh, no no laws that anybody needs to respect. Yeah, we, they, they want to be able to. They're white, and they say so. They can do they can do whatever they want to on the globe, in your house, in my house. And the White House, they don't give a crap. If, if, if they got to change the rules uh, or get rid of the rules to win, that's what they're going to do. So, you know, so you, can't, you can't rationally think that these white people give a crap about Donald Trump breaking the law, stealing the elections. They don't care. As long as he get, on, get up every day and tweet some white supremacist stuff, they're good. Yep. I agree yeah, with that. Wow. You're absolutely correct. Yeah. yeah, that's 100% true. I mean, it's ridiculous what we're seeing. You know, we talked about before the break, uh, Devin Nunes, and, and you know, every day, you know, the thing that was so crazy about this whole the debates for, for not the debates, but the uh, uh, the hearings for me was every time when he had to give an opening statement, he, you know, welcome to three, day three of the blah blah. I mean, it's just ridiculous how these people acted, and there are people who are going to be affected by this, not only from a professional standpoint, but they're putting their lives in danger because, you know, there are crazy people out there. Remember the guy with the van who said bombs to President Obama and other people, other Democratic leadership? Mm -hmm. There are people out there that will target them. 
These people have to, you know, in some cases may, maybe dig into their life savings for, you know, uh, for, for attorneys, to, to pay for attorneys. And these people are making a mockery out of this whole nonsense. It, it's amazing to me that people walked away from that situation thinking that Donald Trump didn't do anything wrong. Now, we talked about Nunez. Here's the hypocrisy of this guy. Let's listen to this clip on the. Let's listen to this clip, and we'll talk on the other side. It's about four minutes, so sit back. But like I said before, we're playing longer clips because I want people to understand exactly what the hell we're dealing with. All right, this is very important. We all saw how ardently Republican Congressman Devin Nunes defended the president during the impeachment hearings, pivoting and pointing to the Bidens. No conspiracy theory is too outlandish for the Democrats. You would think they would take some interest in Burisma, and you think they would be interested in Joe Biden. We need to subpoena Hunter Biden. I think one of the mothers of all conspiracy theories is that somehow the President of the United States would want a country that he doesn't even like, he doesn't want to give foreign aid to, to have the Ukrainians start an investigation into Biden's. Now, remember what he just said, okay? that he cannot accept the idea that the president would want Ukraine to be looking into the Bidens. Why would he cast so much doubt on an idea that POTUS had it out for the Bidens and was trying to use Ukraine to do it when he is now allegedly a part of those efforts? Let's bring in Vicki Ward right now. She's got the reporting. Now, let's be very clear. Um, we understand from Mr. Lev Parnas's lawyer, the man under indictment for doing certain things with campaigns allegedly, also working with Rudy Giuliani, maybe paying Rudy Giuliani for certain other things. His lawyer, what does he say? So his lawyer says that Lev Parnas would like to come and speak to Congress mm -hmm. and that he would say to Congress, were he given the opportunity, that last December, Devin Nunes, the senior Rep Republican presiding over the impeachment hearings, went to Vienna and met with Victor Tashokin. Victor Shokin, the person who was the prosecutor for Ukraine that Ukraine and everybody in the United States wanted out for not investigating corruption. Correct. And who was fired in 2016 um, under pressure by uh, many Western leaders, including... Uh, our then Vice President Joe Biden. He has an axe to grind against the Bidens. Victor Shokin is the man who has claimed to have dirt on Joe and Hunter Biden. He has claimed to have evidence that Ukraine meddled in our election. Reportedly met with Rudy Giuliani, Mr. He's, Shokin. Uh, absolutely. So Shokin... Rudy Giuliani wanted to get him a pass to come to the United States, and it was denied. Absolutely correct. All right, so next big question. How do we know that Nunes met with Shokin? So it gets interesting. So Shokin tells Lev Parnas, uh, Rudy Giuliani's associate, who's uh, Ukraine-born. And what's interesting is that Nunes comes back and tries to recruit Lev Parnas. He does recruit Lev Parnas to merge his effort, his and Rudy Giuliani's investigations, with his. Uh, he has an aide meet with um, Lev Parnas, and they discuss how to reach out to various Ukraine prosecutors who might have information on the Biden. Right, so hold on a second. This is a lot. So, Devin Nunes, who's at the hearing, 
and I'm sorry, but I'm learning this from yeah, you. Yeah, you know, yeah, this yeah, is new yeah. reporting. Devin Nunes at the hearing saying, this is crazy that the president would want Ukraine to look at the Bidens. The prosecutor who was the one at the center of all the controversy right. met with Nunes in Vienna right. last December. So before all this other stuff that they're saying was just about one phone Way call. before. Months before. Shokin then tells Parnas, the shady guy at the right. center of all this, and then Nunes's staffer meets with Parnas. Parnas? Well, so does Nunes. Nunes meets with Parnas. Nunes speaks to Parnas. About Sev- dirt on the Biden. Several times, yes. They're asked to merge operations, essentially. So in other words, you know, this whole impeachment, Chris, is about a shadow foreign policy right. that Devin Nunes appears to have and some involvement in. <laughs> Jerome, your thoughts? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like, um, okay, so I'm laughing because remember Nunes wow. was the person when they're doing an investigation and they interviewed some people on Congress side in a private deposition kind of thing, and he ran over to the White House in the middle of the night at midnight mm-hmm. to go tell them what he mm-hmm. just learned in Congress. He's always been complicit in this. So doesn't surprise me one way or another the problem is is that that should be against everybody's moral code but i want to reiterate it what convening the man said because i would have said it generally is that when in this country now i can't say in all countries but in this country white folks don't white folks don't care about the corruption of other white folks generally right they will suspend the rule of law they'll say oh well, he, he might have been wrong, but whatever. Anybody else they would want to go to jail. You know, if somebody steals a slice of pizza, goes to jail for five years, and they say, oh, that's what they get for stealing. These dudes do things, and then they suspend their belief of right, or, right and wrong. I mean, we can go way, we can, not even way back, we can go to the, the Bush v. Gore stuff, an election, that they stopped recounting because they said, oh, we don't have enough time. Because they knew the, the, the count or the vote for Gore was going to overtake Bush, so they went to court just to stop them from counting. And then once they stopped them from counting, they said, oh, well, we won't have enough time to count. And then everybody's like, well, Bush won two times fair and square, right? We suspend our beliefs even when they cheat. And white folks pretty much don't like to deal with this. So it's not my assessment, like our perspective, that gives them insight. I'm just saying that at this moment in time, I think they need to check their own their own um, supremacy and their own whiteness and their ability to be able to judge a situation based upon right and wrong and not by, um, um, I guess, that selfish side of I'm still going to be all right. Because every time something happens illegal, like especially on the Republican side, they'll go, oh, yeah, the Republicans ain't watching this. We are worried about what's going on in our own neighborhoods. We want to talk about our own economy and what's going on in our own backyard. But Obama wears a tan suit, and they're like, oh, my gosh, he has a tan suit on. Right? They pick and choose, and we fall for that ball too much. So we end up taking on the same characteristics of not caring about what they don't care about. But this time it's in everybody's face. And so I'm, again, being an observer of how people are ingesting something being in their face. 
It's yeah. difficult. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Three four seven eight five zero. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Now let me jump in real quick because I lied at the beginning of the show. I said that Johnny D had the day off, and the reason I said that because he was dealing with something from a personal standpoint, nothing bad. You know, he's just doing his thing. But he's here for a few minutes, so I want to get him in here. Let's bring in what I call the edu- my man, the educator brother, my little brother I love so much, Mr. Johnny D, the place to be, stepping out to participate in some conversations. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, Miss Vanessa, good morning, Jerome, and I did not hear Brother Les, uh, but uh, if if, if he's not there, good morning to him and his family, and and Jay, particularly yourself, uh, had an opportunity to step out, I'm in between three church services today, so uh, we got a little break until 11.15, but I tell you what, it, it has been an interesting week, an incriminating week. Uh, however, you know, when, when, when I'm out talking to, to folks, it doesn't seem that it's going to sway or change those trumps. Mm. And uh, so we, we wow. can't really count on that. But I tell you what, what it is, those individuals who were who not party line supporters, uh, those are yeah. the ones that these type of incriminating and, 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 and indicting uh, charges and allegations will sway at the polls. So. I'm more and more confident now in the American values, not for all, but certainly for some. So, you know, I think really? in 2020 we will see a change. I, I do, Jay. I really and truly do. Uh, like I said, I, I've always believed that, that people generally want to do the right thing, but you just got a, a hardcore faction who doesn't want to lose influence and power, and they will do anything, and it's proven that they'll do anything, lie, cheat, steal, uh, rob, um, assassinate others' character, distort the facts, um, you know, sabotage, infiltrate. They will do anything that they can to stay in power. And listening to the leader, you know, you think about Devin Nunes and the role he served as the ranking member of the Intelligence Committee, and he's on the means and the, the House and Means uh, Committee. And to think that this guy met with someone from Ukraine as as yep. You know, as defiant as he's been and contentious as he's been in these hearings, and now for this to be uncovered, I mean, the hypocrisy just gets more and more engulfed. And and I tell you what, but but honestly, looking at what Miss Vanessa did uh, a couple of weeks ago and and Jerome saying that he does some of this as well, just getting out and just talking to, to to diverse people, you know, whether it be in the supermarket or what have you, not expressing my point of view or my angle or just being simply a, 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 a real objective person. Most of the individuals who, who may have been independent or, or non-party affiliates, those are the ones that are swaying. So I, I think that unless there's something that goes wrong at the polls, that we will see a, a, a change because clearly it's there. You know, you, you look at last November, you're talking about the Democrats had nearly, what, 12 million more votes? So it, it's coming. You know, at one point I, I wasn't as optimistic, but the more and more that, that the facts come out and these guys lie, uh, it, it, hey, I tell you what, that, that day is coming. So, again, we just got to pray for, for the right thing to be done, not for any particular individuals, because right now the Democratic Party hadn't 
uh, shown a great deal of substance as far as their message, and they just need to get on message and, and get on board with making sure, one, that this guy doesn't get another four years as criminal, but then also that they do the right thing by the constituents and the people. You know, it's interesting you say that. And, Vanessa, let me swing around to you. He said that he feels, this is what Johnny D just said, he said he feels that this is resonating with what we talked about at the beginning of the show, the independents, the people that are on the fence, people who may have voted for what they call the Obama-Trump voter, who voted for President Obama, then they wanted to change, and they voted for Trump. But here's what I'm concerned about, and you let me know if we're on the same page with this. Yeah, some people may be looking at this from a different perspective and may even walk away saying this guy is corrupt. And I think the elections uh, since 20, really since 2017, we're starting to see that trend. People are starting to say, you know what, we don't want this. Democrats are winning big all over the country. But do you still think, because remember, the House is going to pass this. There's no doubt about that. It's going to go right down party lines. And what was discouraging for me this past week, Bill Hurd, I mean, that guy... For him to, it's ridiculous. For him to, he's a never-Trumper, and he, you know, he talked about how President Trump is a lawless whatever, and then he sits there and drinks the grape Kool-Aid with the rest of his Republican colleagues. But that's neither here nor there. I digress. What concerns me is this, and you tell me if you're feeling the same way I'm feeling. Do you think there's enough of these constituents out there that will have an impact on their senators? Because Lindsey Graham don't give a damn. I mean, what he's doing I mean, he knows people are playing clips of stuff that he said during the Clinton administration or during the Clinton impeachment proceedings. He knows that people are playing clips of him with, with uh, John McCain. He knows people are playing, playing clips about how he talked about Donald Trump is a crazy, uh, this man shouldn't be president. But yet and still, he continues to support this man. So do you think there's enough moderates out there that will force their Republican senators, because that's going to have the final vote, do you think there's enough of them out there where the senators will say, you know what, maybe we need to, maybe we need to do the right thing because we don't want to lose our seats? Because we already know it's not about doing the right thing for them. It's all about survival. Because we had, what, what did, uh, what's the guy say, Jeff, uh, what was his name, Jeff Flake, what did he say? He said secretly if they had a secret ballot that 30, sen- 30 Republican senators would vote to impeach him. So they're not concerned about their they're not concerned about the constituents they're not concerned about the country they're concerned about themselves. Do you think there's enough moderates out there that can make them change their mind to do the right thing? No. I don't think so either. I just don't no, think so. I don't. But what I do believe is, if you're paying attention to the elections that are going on other places, like Louisiana, like Virginia. These places are turning blue. For the Louisiana to actually become blue and, and Trump was just there, it's like that's just a sure signal sign that if you're running for something, honey, don't let Trump come and speak for you because you're going to lose. Everybody that he's zooming into to go and help them, they lose it. So I think what is going to change is I think that the people who – like my daughter, the people who did not vote stupidly uh, at their original election because they didn't like Hillary and they didn't like Trump are now going to vote for whoever is blue because they know that Trump does not mean them well. I think that the black young kids that did not vote 
for Trump, I mean, during the 2016 election, I believe that they're going to come out. And people that don't even normally vote, I think they're going to come out. I can see it and hear it on Facebook, on Joy's page, where people are saying, I don't vote. Shamefully enough, I did vote for Obama. But I normally don't vote. But for this election, I'm going to have to vote. So you remember those black friends of mine that I went to school with that voted for Trump? Because they thought their 401ks yeah. was going to be better. Enough. I don't think that they're not voting for him. They're not. I, they would never admit it when I see them in class reunion. I'm like, how's it going for you? And they'd be like, leave me alone, Vanessa. So they're not going <laughs> to vote for him. They're not going to vote for oh, him. So I believe, Jay, that we're not going to get the independence. But I do believe that some of the people that just did not go vote are going to vote. And they're coming out to these other elections trying to turn everything blue. They really, really are. And these other people, I don't, I don't, you know, Trumpsters are just Trumpsters. You can't make them see anything that this man has done. Last week, did y'all see what they uh, was interviewing people in Pennsylvania, and they the women were saying they didn't care what he do, they was going to vote for him? Did y'all see that? I was like, it, I yep. was like you know what, let me just go get a drink. And go to the casino because I just couldn't stand a woman listening to that. But Vanessa, that, that's nothing new. Mr. Elias, that's nothing new. I mean, there's nothing new about this. I mean, you know, it, what's killing me is that these are the same rare-blooded Americans that wave around the American flag and, you know, and want to sing God bless America and stand up and wear red, white, and blue flag hats and handkerchiefs and things of that nature, and they support a man who ran from his obligated service are his he had the ability to serve this country a man who lied so he didn't have to serve this great nation of ours so while people were out there giving their lives for the freedom of this nation he was running around chasing women and blowing his daddy's money these are the same people that support this man the military is not backing him what are you talking about I'm just asking the questions, and some of them are, but... Well, wait, 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 listen, first of all, the the military is nonpartisan, so the military can't come out and endorse anybody. But if you want proof of the military's supporting him or not, what about this situation with this Navy SEAL? I mean, this guy has jumped into uniform code of military judge. He has jumped into the fray and said, oh, no, they're not going to... You know, this guy was convicted by his peers of murder. They were going to take away his uh, his uh, special forces badges, and he came and said, "Oh no, they're not doing any of that stuff." And word has it that the secretary of the navy was like he was going to resign, but then he got you know he got that he started drinking that punk Kool Aid, but still that's when they put a camera in his face. Well, all right, I support the president, or not? You know these people. They, they so many people are concerned about their own hot, Mr. Elias, that they continue the cameras are in their face. And say something the complete opposite. Think about Pompeo. Remember when he was on CBS, uh, CBS Evening News or whatever it was, CBS Face the Nation or whatever that show is. And the lady asked him about the phone call. What, well, um, well, you, you just reported something to me that, uh, um, well, I almost as if he did. Oh well, I'm surprised by that. When this joker was involved from day one. Come on, man. It's, hey, look, it's the it's the hypocrisy at the the, the, the biggest level. Oh my God! It is. Uh, how it, it, even you know in, in our chat room, 
the, the, the two guys that are in there, they still support him. No matter what this guy does, he was right. But he said, I can stand out on Broadway on, and Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody. And people would still vote for me. He's 100% right because you got people who will not believe anything. They'll call the people who are bringing this guy or saying what this guy is doing, they'll call them rats. They'll call them this. They'll call them that. People I work with, they still support him no matter what this guy. And I asked the guy I work with, he was telling me, he said, you, you, you're just a person that don't like Trump. I said, you're right. I don't like it. Oh, but the bottom line gosh. is if they came in this impeachment hearing and his own people would have said something different, you know, something, ain't nothing you can say about it. But you got every, pretty much everybody in this impeachment hearing saying, he did do it. He 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 asked for help. He asked he asked to investigate. <laughs> he asked a foreign entity to investigate American citizens. But they found that okay because it was Trump doing oh, it. What if Barack Obama had asked a foreign oh, entity God. to investigate Trump? What would they have oh, said? Oh my God, they, my lord! They almost I mean, now when they when when they when the FBI was investigating Donald Trump before he got in office. When the FBI was investigating him, they said, oh, look, look what Barack Obama was doing. He asked, the FBI was investigating I don't think the way, let's be careful now. I don't think that, let's be careful. I don't think the FBI, because that gives them food for fodder. I don't think the FBI was investigating Donald Trump. I think what they were doing, they were investigating the Russians' participation in the 2016 election. And the reason why President Obama didn't come forward with that information well, but it is a big difference because, see, Donald Trump has accused Barack Obama of wiretapping him. So when you throw that stuff out there, they just give – see, told you, told you. No. What happened was they were, they were investigating Russian interference in the 2016 election. And the reason why President Obama didn't come out – because, first of all, he went to the, to the Senate Republicans and said, hey, look, I want to – you know, I need to, we need to put this out there. And they accused – okay, if you do that, guess what we're going to do? We're going to claim that you're trying to put your thumb on the scale. And they didn't say anything. They said, because you know what? What difference does it make? Because Hillary's going to win anyway, so why even shake this thing up? And you know what? It goes back to a conversation that we had on this show when I said, why should they begin the impeachment proceedings? Because it's not going to go through anyway. That was the same mindset that the Obama administration had. And I was wrong, and they were wrong. They should have still put that information out there. But, you know, but here's the deal, Johnny D, and I'm going to go to you here because we have your question. Let me say something really quickly, Jack. Go ahead, go ahead real quick, Jerome. Yeah. Because last week, I mean, this past week, you know, they just came out with their investigation on that. The, the FBI um, and the Justice Department was investigating the, um, the um, motivation of the FBI to go into Carter Page, who was in Trump's um, right. campaign. Right. And they and the found yeah. the findings I think came out Thursday or Friday, but they said that there was no bias at the at the FBI's what the ethics people said, although yeah. that there were um, some guy one of the attorneys did something that was unethical or something, but they were like there was no bias, so they already they investigated the FBI about them having an investigation on the Trump campaign, and they found out that it was a righteous investigation. And that there was no bias. That just came out on. Well, I'm glad you said that. I'm uh, glad you said that. But also, let's let's close the loop on Carter Page because you know people that has that people that has that what we call it Trumpitis. Oh, see, Carter Page is a part of his campaign. I told you. Okay, let's back up. Listen, 
the the FBI was investigating Carter Page since 2012 because of his back and forth and all this everything they saw right. that he was doing with the Russians. So let's make sure that we understand that. It had nothing to do with Trump. Trump wasn't even running in. So once again, all you Trumpsters, put that put that to bed because they were investigating him before he became a part of Donald Trump's campaign. All right, so now, Johnny D., real quick, I want to get you in because I know you got to go. I want get to a, get a comment on you on this. All right, so when we look at where we are now, we look at some of the testimony, testimonies and things of that nature and how, you know, Adam Schiff, which I thought did a marvelous job as far as being the referee, making sure that the Republicans didn't turn this into a circus party. When you, I asked, I asked, you know, I asked your colleagues this question at the very beginning. I'm going to ask you since you're here. Do you think the impeachment hearing, hearing, and the, all the testimonies and things you saw, do you think that? And I think you already answered this question, but do you think that at the end of the day, when people look at this, that there are some Republicans? Senate Republicans who are going to say, look, the evidence is overwhelming. We need to do the right thing. Do you honestly think that? Because you said you believe in the moderates, but now I'm asking you a question about the senators. Do you think the senators are going to step up and say, you know what, we have to do the right thing? Johnny? You put him into shock. Yeah, I yeah, I can't. Okay, I can't. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Go ahead. All right, can, can, can you hear me? Okay, all right. Yeah, no, I, I don't think that that I don't think that the U.S. senators will will switch their view. Uh, I think they will stay locked on because at this point in time, that's really all that they have uh, to to work for. I mean, they they looking at. Their constituents, they're looking at his base, that 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 small base that he can bring, and they they're so far out there that that I don't think that they feel compelled enough to retreat. Now, you know, you, you talked about uh, William Hurd. Uh, like I say, this guy is 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 at best a joke. Um, it's amazing how he sat back and 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 acknowledged the the lieutenant colonel and you know praised him accolades, but yet he's still voting right along party lines, and this is a man who said that he's not going to even run for re-election again, and for those right. who don't remember us talking about William Hurd, uh, he is the only um, African-American Republican representative, uh, so you know, he, he, he's significant from that standpoint, but at the same time he's just going to lock arms and, and go all the way with him, so no, I don't have any faith in, in the U.S. Senate, they've already shown that, what they have shown is that they will retreat Instead of fight for right, because look at how many of them have re- resigned or retired or didn't run for reelection because they understand that this man is unethical. So deep down, it really is about being self-serving. You know, they want an opportunity to to get another term. They want another opportunity to foster and broker these deals because being uh, whether you're a state uh, house member or senator or or, or United States. Um, Congress or Senator, it really is about deal. It's about influence, and, and they don't want to give up the power nor the influence. So my faith in, in the, the Senate, as far as upholding any impeachment, uh, I, I don't see that, that happening. So we're going to have to deal with it as, as we come. But I will say this right here, good folks, i got to get back in here and, 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 and do God's work. So I'm Sounds going good, to brother. depart, but I do want to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. And Jay, once again, uh, appreciate you giving me an opportunity to be a part of the show, and I love you. Take care, man. 
All right, brother, take care. And on that note, we'll step out, take a break. We'll be right back with more. You listen to this series. Bye. Welcome to the Health Spot. This is Dr. Tracy, naturopathic doctor. And this week's Health Spot is about the benefits of vitamin D. As the winter months approach and the days get shorter, many of us become deficient in vitamin D. Vitamin D is a fat-soluble vitamin created naturally by the sun. And besides helping to build healthy bones, vitamin D has an array of other benefits. A few include aiding in the building of the immune system, and it can also decrease the risk of high blood pressure. Supplementation with a high-quality vitamin D3 is critical during the winter months and for those who have limited sun exposure. While excessive sun exposure can lead to skin cancer, up to 15 minutes per day is fine for most. And that's your health spot for this week. I'm Dr. Tracy. Have a great day.
in your campaign that if you defeat President Trump, Republicans will start working with Democrats again. But right now, Republicans in Congress, including some of whom you've worked with for decades, are demanding investigations not only of you, but also of your son. How would you get those same Republicans to work with you? Well, look, the next President of the United States can have to do, th do two things. Defeat Donald Trump, that's number one. And number two, going to have to make, be, be able to go into states like Georgia and North Carolina and other places and get a Senate majority. We know the tragic story of Joe Biden's son, Beau, who died of brain cancer in 2015 at age 46. The entire nation, President Obama included, felt for the father's loss. Now Joe Biden's other son, Hunter, is coming under the spotlight. It turns out he has quite the complicated love life. Last month, he married this woman, Melissa Cohen. Get this, after knowing each other for only 10 days. Dr. Fiona Hill, who served on the President's National Security Council, laying it on the line today. Gordon Sondland was involved in what she calls a domestic political errand. It had nothing to do with national security, nothing at all. It was all about what was good for the President politically. I thought it was obvious to you that, that, that Burisma meant Biden's. Yes, it was. And, and you, you actually treated that as a pretty easy thing to understand. In fact, Mr. Morrison figured it out with a single Google search. But is it credible to you that Mr. Sondland was completely in the dark about this all summer? I mean, you had an argument about it. Didn't no, he it, say, it, what are you so worried about? It's not to me at all that he was um, oblivious to this. I'm sorry, I couldn't it hear is, your answer. It is not credible to me that he was oblivious. Was there a quid pro quo? As I testified previously, with regard to the requested White House call and the White House meeting, the answer is yes. Everyone was in the loop. No conspiracy theory is too outlandish for the Democrats. You would think they would take some interest in Burisma, and you think they would be interested in Joe Biden. We need to subpoena Hunter Biden. I think one of the mothers of all conspiracy theories is that somehow the president of the United States would want a country that he doesn't even like, he doesn't want to give foreign aid to, to have the Ukrainians start an investigation into Biden's. Welcome back.
back here at 347 It's the serious side of the J. Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio. And it's best, and as always, it's time to say good morning to our crew. Let's say good morning to the very lovely Vanessa Maybelli from the McAnally. Hey, Vanessa, good morning. Good morning, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. Same to you. To the smartest one in the world, Mr. Jerome. Mr. What's up, Jerome? That much, bro. What's up with you? Another day in paradise, my brother, no palm trees, and the man who gets the first and last word of the, on the serious side, the one and only Mr. L to the East, and ask, good morning, sir, how are you doing? Good morning, good morning, everyone, and uh, Mariana Music, that was Mr. Mahogany, uh, and it was by Lorraine Starr. You always stay on top of that for her. Now, you know, I know she loves you for that. Speaking of Mariana Music, she is in the house. Good morning to her. But, Mr. Elias, can we say hello to some people in the chat? Well, we had Covina man in there. He, of course, his bike riding past him. No Absolutely. Listening. And we got Vogel Bright and Easy in there with us. <laughs> You're two enemies, sworn enemies, like the mongoose. <laughs> the snake. Oh, man, good stuff. All right. Say what's up to the pastor. He's in the house. Mariana Music in the house. Chuck's in the house from Idaho. I don't think we've ever had anybody listen from Idaho. I don't know that, but it just never heard anything from Idaho. Idaho's in the house. Hey, Idaho, Idaho. Martin, Mike, Cindy, Ralph, Robert, uh, Angelique, Juan, Jose, just so many people listening. Appreciate you. Have some folks listening from Canada. Also want to say what's up to some service members stationed overseas. Got some brothers listening in from overseas in the Hanau area. Some good, I'm not going to call them brothers. I don't know who they are. But I'm going to say we appreciate your service. Appreciate you doing what you do. Sorry that we have to put your commander in chief on blast every Sunday. But, hey, we have to call it like it is. All right. So, listen, we've been talking about this this whole thing with the impeachment and obviously you can have a three hour show about that but the thing I thought and this is the one last thing I'm going to say on this because I want to get to uh, Hunter Biden and some stuff with Joe Biden last thing I want to say about this and and Jerome I want to get your response to this one of the things that I think the reason why it's not resonating with people is because the Republicans kept pointing out how the president did the president say to you that he wanted to you know uh, uh, investigate the Bidens. He kept saying no, no pre quo po, right? He kept saying this. Did he say that? And you know they asked him this question. It's a loaded question. We all know what that means. Did he say this to you? No, he did not. Did he say he wanted you to invest the Bidens? No, he did not. You know, oh well, are these people secondhand information? All their secondhand information. We can't trust these people. This is a narrative that simple-minded people are saying. Well, yeah, he's right. He did say it. Uh, all right, you know, they, they, how did they know they weren't there? Man, give me your last. Give me your thoughts on this, man. I want to close this up. Give me your thoughts. Well, on I think that they're just looking for an excuse, because again, I know everybody's been using mob stuff for this by saying that if you tell somebody to go kill someone and they kill them, then technically you ordered it. So Trump does not have to speak to them directly, although they've been talking to him because we know that Trump called um, uh, Sunderland in Ukraine and said. Is it done? <laughs> right? We already know that you got him on tape. You know, admitting yeah. to the investigation. So when they, they say that wasn't directly, you have people who are directly contact with him saying that they spoke to him. And then the other people corroborate that they heard him say it. So it is direct now. They can't even use that anymore. That's the point. The Republicans couldn't use 
that it was hearsay because they have proof that he said it. It's not hearsay anymore. And by the way, really quickly, you did say um, last segment about independence. I, I'm an independent and, and independent. Yep. And I'm going to tell you that independent, if we have not learned anything from the elections this year, last year, and the year before, there is a sweep coming on again in epic proportions. We can be in denial and act like we reset everything to zero if you want to, but that sweep is coming. I'm glad to hear that. I mean, because that's something that uh, we definitely need. Because I really and truly believe this is going to boil down to, I think that, Folks are saying, look, we know dang on well that the Republicans are not going to. Maybe this is what the bigger picture was. And now that I say this out loud, I'm thinking out loud here. I'm thinking that maybe they said, look, we know that the Senate is not going to convict this guy. I mean, we know it. But what we want to do is, and I guess this goes back to what Johnny said, we want the American people to see how corrupt this clown is. So we know that at the end of the day, it's about getting him at the ballot box because we know the Republicans are not going to do the right thing. So maybe this dog and pony show was just to get voters to say, you know what? Hey, they didn't get him, but guess what? I'm going to vote him out. And I think, I think that's it's what this is all about. The Senate. I think yep. they're looking at this wrong. Also, yeah, so true, true. I agree. If it actually goes through, and, and, um, and they're going to have to calculate this. If they say he was not guilty and don't convict them, the senators in, like, Nevada and all of these places are going to be out of there. The Democrats are going to take the Senate back easier after they go through the impeachment yeah. part, and they don't vote for it. They're exposing yeah. themselves. Again, that's I, a good point. Yeah, they're, they're in a bad spot. But that's a good point. That's a good point, man. I, I mean, you're right, because they're going to vote them, because they're going to force them to say, you're going to vote on this. Right, that's and everybody and their mama can see. Yeah, you're right, Vanessa. I think they're saying, look, everybody and their mama can see what's going on here, but we're going to force you to vote on this because you know you have all these prosecutors on all these different networks saying, look, if this was a case in court, criminal court, man, they come back in 45 minutes with a conviction. You have people that are on Fox News that have sense who are questioning, so okay, look, this is not good for the president, you know. But all the people on Fox News, you know, if you're not. You know, if you're not freaking Sean Hannity or, you know, Janet Shapiro, whatever her freaking name is, Ingram, Laura Ingram, or any, you know, that clown, Tucker Carson, you know, those clowns, they play it down. They know what's going on. They know what's up. That's madness would have knocked us out in about a half hour. <laughs> can I say something, right. James? <laughs> yeah, can yes, I say ma'am. Absolutely. Okay, so the Biden, I mean, uh, Trump's son wrote a book. And so the book made the bestseller list. Well, the way mm-hmm. the book made the bestseller list was, Jerome, no, I posted it on my page. The yep, way that absolutely. he made the bestseller list is because his daddy took donation money and bought bulk loads of the book. And the GO- actually, the, the, Vanessa, the GOP what? did it. <laughs> the, the Republican, the Republican National Committee did it. I, I mean, they first they lied well, about I it. You said, "Well, page, I posted yeah. on my page and said your donation dollars at work." I sure did. Yeah, yeah. I the National Committee did it. They did it. They they and did it to, to get his. I mean, it's 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 amazing how this is going down. Russia is our sworn enemy. They are back. They, I bet you, they are sitting back and saying, "Man, we didn't realize how stupid this country really is." Because you know, we're, one you know, thing that somebody tell me when you when you vote, Jay, and you go in that box, 
when you step foot in the box and you get ready to push the button, nobody really knows what button you're pushing. So oh, you of course, decide, that's why we have them in office now. Right, right. But I think that it's going to reverse. I don't think he's going to get impeached. I do believe that they're going to get He's going to get impeached. He's not going to get voted out of office. He's going to get impeached. I don't he's going to get impeached in the House. Yeah, he's going to get impeached. He is going to get impeached in the House. The Senate, though. But the Senate they're not going to convict him. Right. They're not, so, they're not going to convict him, Vanessa. Go ahead, Jerome. Explain it to her. Right. So impeachment is on, the, is on the House side. So they're going to impeach him, and then they're going to have a trial in the Senate. They're not going to remove him from office, probably. Right. But being convicted is bad. That's why Trump keeps saying, and the Republicans, it's like it's bad for the country to have a have a, a president impeached. Well, you impeach the president over lying about sex. You think you're not going to impeach this dude for, That's what I'm for, talking about. for breaking the law? That's what I'm saying. He needs to be impeached. Yeah, Clinton yeah. Clinton over sex. I'll get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for lying. Because he lied. I mean, he lied in front of people. He lied. I did not have sexual relations sex. with that woman. That's right. I mean, okay. Hey, listen, I agree. I, look, I'm on y'all team. And he still got nothing. Yeah, I, look, I'm on your team. But the bottom line is they got him for lying about sex. They said he lied. I mean, this guy, okay, so if you want to use that as your whatever is your as your barometer, then you, come on. What this guy is doing is tenfold. I mean, you know, we have people saying that this is worse than what happened with, with Watergate, and it is when you think about yeah, it. Yeah. All right, look, we have a few minutes left. A few minutes left. I want to talk Biden a little bit about son, Joe Biden's son here real quick. We don't have a lot of time, I, but, but I want to spend about ten minutes on So let's play the clip. How, go ahead, Jerome. What you say? I say, yeah, we can go to the next segment on this. We need to, we need to talk about this. Go ahead. Yeah. All right. So here, here's the clip. Let's let's play the clip, and then we'll talk on the other side. We know the tragic story of Joe Biden's son, Bo, who died of brain cancer in 2015 at age 46. The entire nation, President Obama included, felt for the father's loss. Now, Joe Biden's other son, Hunter, is coming under the spotlight. It turns out he has quite the complicated love life. Last month, he married this woman, Melissa Cohen. Get this, after knowing each other for only 10 days, she's described as a social activist and yoga enthusiast. They met and fell hard, a friend was quoted as saying. That's not all. Earlier this week, Hunter Biden was hit with a paternity suit, followed by this 28-year-old woman from Arkansas who claims she and Biden were in an intimate relationship and a child, Baby Doe, was born in 2018. That's still not all. After his brother Bo's death, Hunter and his wife of 24 years divorced, and he started dating Bo's widow, a relationship that Joe Biden gave his blessing to. They have mine and Jill's full and complete support, and we are happy for them. Now that relationship is over, and he's moved on, and apparently on again. Hunter Biden is also finding himself the target of conservatives who say his business dealings overseas are a conflict of interest. The president calling for an investigation into the financial connection between China and the Biden family. This week, ABC News investigated Hunter Biden's financial ties in Ukraine. At issue, was Hunter Biden profiting off his dad's work as vice president, and did Joe Biden allow it? One thing for sure, as the 2020 presidential race heats up, Joe Biden's son is certain to come up again. 
Now, full disclosure. Now, you would think that clip was pulled from news reporting from the past week or so. Nope, that was pulled back in the summer uh, in June. So this has been going on. And, you know, a lot of people are saying, Mr. Elias, one of the reasons why President Obama, first of all, they said President Obama didn't want Joe Biden to embarrass himself by running for office. But a lot of people on, on, on what we heard, at least some of the articles that I read, was that they knew that this stuff would come up that Hunter Biden could be a campaign liability. And so, like, you know, maybe you don't want to put your family through this because, you know, this Biden's son, I mean, good gracious, man. I mean, if you're Joe Biden, what do you do about this? My goodness. Well, he's a grown man. There's nothing you can do about it, man. What are you going to do about it? He's a grown man that's out there, and he's – He's a little wild. He, well, I should say a little wild. He's wild as hell. But what are you going to do about it? What can you do about it? <laughs> but, but here's my question. So if you're Joe Biden, Mr. Elias, would you, would, knowing all this stuff, I mean, do, do you run for office knowing that you have a son out there that, you know, listen, even though the investigations have come back saying that there was nothing illegal about him being on that board, but – the fact that, you know, well, look, we have what we call the brother rule. We know what the brother rule is. You know, you don't date somebody. You know, you don't date, you know, your boy's girl. This Joker married. He, he started messing with his, his dead brother's wife. <laughs> so if you're Joe Biden, Miss Elias, do you say, man, I, I don't want to put my family through this? Look, Jay, you can't control your kids, first and foremost. That's obvious. I know that. We and, already answered that. I'm asking you, if you were Joe Biden, and if this situation was, you were dealing with this same situation, would you put your family through this scrutiny knowing that all these things are going to come out and be made public? Because now what he's saying when they ask him about this, Joe Biden, hey, this is a private family matter, and, you know, you know, we want to keep it within the family. Now, listen, he has every right in the world to do that, but to the average Joe, that's looking at this thing, say, uh-huh, see, see. The same people that ignore everything that, that the Trump kids do, but we'll talk about that on another show. But the bottom line is, see, I told you, Joe, but uh-huh, see. And what it does is it, it casts that dye in the water. So maybe it's nothing there, but it doesn't matter. It still will have the desired result and really bring harm to his campaign. So would you have ran if you were Joe Biden knowing all this stuff about your son and, and, and the things that he's involved in? I I would have, you know, I I can't control my kids, so I'm gonna let my kids stop me from what I want. No, you can't. Okay, you hey, gotta, listen, I just, okay, that's fine. You got you, you got to run. You got to do what you got to do, man. You know, but who can't right. control the right. kids? It's evident. Look at look at look at the Trump okay. kids. What right. they do? So no different. Okay, well, well, Vanessa, what about you? I mean, you know, I mean, because if you want to use that logic, think about what happened with the with, with the with the young lady who just uh, resigned. You know, I mean, you know, hey, you know, she knew she had those skeletons in her clock. Katie Hill, whatever her name is, she she knew she had you know those pictures were out there and all that other stuff. But she she ran, and so now she had to resign because they're out there. My thing is, if you know these people are gonna be digging in your past, you know why. I don't know. It just seems to me that the, you're, you're, you're not accomplishing. You're not – anyway, answer the question. Let me, let me think how I want to word that. What do you think, <laughs> if you were Joe Biden? 
who just Joe Biden. If, if you were Joe Biden, okay, that, that's your past. That's fine, Mr. Elliott. That's okay. But what I'm saying is the end result, the desired result is now she's no longer in office, and the Republicans are like, oh, see, look what's up with that. Same, but these same people that support a guy that grabbed women by the coochies. But that's what I'm saying. It's a double standard here. But at the end of the day, would you put your family through that scrutiny? So, Vanessa, same question for you. Would you put your family through that scrutiny if you knew you had all this stuff going on in your family? <laughs> no, Vanessa's yeah, still yeah. laughing at you. <laughs> I'm with well, her. Okay, okay. Let me, and let me she laughed. Okay. I sent those text messages to you last night, so you know I was freaking out because I didn't know nothing about it. So right. I would never have put my son, my family, I'm sorry, through this, even if I thought I was the only candidate that could get us out of this mess. I would not put my family back through this because when I read that his son was kicked out of the Navy for a drug test, he flunked it. He was. I was stood yep. on the kitchen table. And then when I read he was sleeping with his brother's wife, I was unclued. I know y'all can tell in my text message. I was just floored. I would not have ever ran for office with this kind of dirt to come out of the family and make the family go through more hell than they've already been through with the death of a child or a sibling. And, and let, let, let me take it here. I'm still going to vote for Biden 2020 regardless because you can't control your children. But how did, wait, wait, how did his stupid son, who didn't have enough sense to know not to take drugs and be in the Navy like he wasn't going to get drug tested, the same stupid son who did the brother law or the man law and went slept for a few minutes with his sister law, and then the same stupid son who married somebody after he met him in ten, met a girl in ten days, make eighty three thousand dollars a month with his uneducated butt. Explain, Lucy. Well, look, we need to explain well, that. Well, <laughs> well, here's the deal, and I want to give it you wrong. <laughs> but here's the deal, Vanessa, and I think what Joe Biden. And, you know, and Mr. Elias is saying this as well. You know, most rational people will say, look, your kids are your kids. I mean, look, because my kids are doing things, that don't necessarily mean yep. that, uh, you know, that's me. But then people will go back and try to relate. So, okay, but that means maybe you were a bad parent. Oh, your kid's doing drugs. No, that's not what you? I'm taking from that. I'm not no, 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 that I understand. No, no, what, Vanessa, no, 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 I know, Vanessa, going Vanessa, I know that. It's going to look like what Trump did with the Ukraines look legal. No, what I'm saying, Vanessa, is that you're right. Sensible people will look at this and say, look, there are so many kids who have come from great homes and turned into just sorry people. You know, your parents can only do what they can do. Once they're outside of your walls, they can be influenced by anyone. But there are those people that will make that say, uh-huh, see what's up? So how can we trust this guy? Look how his sons and kids are reacting. So that's what I'm saying. So then you think about it from a party perspective. You know, they just, they, the FBI just arrested some mayor. Was it Muncie, Indiana, Mr. Elias, the Democratic mayor? They arrested him because he's doing, because of, of all the things he's doing? That gives these people yeah. the reason to say what they want to say. And, uh-huh, see, we told you, we told you. 
So, Jerome, what, what, what about you, man? What do you have to say about Biden and this whole thing? Um, I think it's the silliest damn thing I ever heard in my life that we have a discussion about this. And the reason is is because the, the problem with Democrats, and it's a pretty much a reason why I'm not a Democrat, one of the reasons, mm-hmm. is that purity mm-hmm. test crazy and unreal, right? And I know mm-hmm. that if we were doing your Wednesday show, I would really engage on this. But the, the problem is is that we can't invoke um, black folks' ethics on white folks, right? So our whole mm-hmm. thing about no, about our disposition and messing with somebody's cousin, we don't mess with play cousins. If you grew up in somebody's house and you wore underwear <laughs> at, the, at the breakfast table with them when you was little, you do not mess with them. That's black people stuff, right? Yeah. There's an ethic thing that ethical thing that we uh, we do. So of course black mm-hmm. people find that find something wrong with that. I, I think that's just us. Yeah. But yeah. more importantly, this is not a reflection of Biden at all. Matter of fact, true. If, you know, again, I'm not working for the Biden campaign, but I think it's good for Biden because Biden, really? the tragedy that Biden has had from his wife being killed and his kids being killed. Biden rode the train to D.C. every day. That ordinary Joe thing goes with Biden because Biden can relate to that chaos. And everybody keeps saying when we have a president, hey, they can't relate to us. They're not ordinary people. The stuff that Biden has to do with a kid who was drug addicted or whatever, who did whatever on drugs, to deal with that from Biden's perspective, he knows what that is. So when you say, hey, the president can't relate to an opioid uh, op- um, epidemic, yeah. You know what? I had a child who had a drug problem. I had I, He has – we're not talking about him. He ain't do jack. He didn't get rich right. from being there. He's been a senator forever, and he's right. not even close to being rich, especially Mitch McConnell's But But Jerome, that wasn't yeah. the question. The yeah, question I, I, was, I understand. Have right. Yes, he should have run. He's a perfect person to run. If I was mm-hmm. running that dude's campaign, I am telling you, Vanessa, what happens with people when you're on the ground running is folks feel like you cannot relate to them. How can Joe Biden not relate to you on the ground? Right? You can say what you want about that dude. Um, I mean, he's a Delaware senator and siding with corporations. But he don't understand people's everyday problems? Come on. Really? That dude has tragedy. And and more importantly, I know we didn't get into his debate stuff, but the reason I wanted to talk about Biden, because I think it's really unfair. This is what people do by, by changing the narrative. But I want to change it back for Biden. Mm-hmm. What happened mm-hmm. is that even when we watch Biden debate, and I watched yeah. Kamala and, um, and what's his name? Um, Gore. Booker, Booker, Booker. Booker. Kind of laugh yeah. at him and say, look, Biden made a gaffe because yeah, he said the bad. black woman um, was the only black woman in, in, as a Senate, and Kamala yeah. was there, right? Yep. They're laughing. But, but what I don't like to speak about, and I, get, I damn sure guarantee that Biden never likes to speak about this, Biden has a speech impediment. Stutter impediment. Sure does. Absolutely right? does. And if you mm-hmm. get me talking too long and too fast, I am going to stutter. I'm, I don't stutter, but I will mix words because my mind is pulling information from all over the place. So what happens yep. when you have that kind of impediment, 
you can think of a lot of things, and then whatever comes out of your mouth kind of comes out of it. But Biden is clear. That's why when they said, um, Kamala's here, he said, oh, I said the first black woman. Biden thought that's where he was going. It ain't that he's old and senile, right? People are painting that picture, and it's sad and sick. And at the same time, like I said, I didn't want to deal with the disability side of that, but Biden has always done this, right? So if you look at Biden, like, 20 years ago, he stuttered over his words. That dude has a speech impediment. Like, he he stutters. So what, what happens with people with stutter is they have a lot of information in their head. I have a matter of fact, I don't even think about what I'm saying. My words come together as they pop in my head. And if I speak too fast, I will change subjects on a on a dime because there's a lot of things that I can reference. And one of the things I that just popped, and one I of the things that just popped in my head, Vanessa, was when we were talking about Biden's kids. Nobody brought up the cocaine use of George W. Bush's kids while he was running. It was like, how can he raise? Oh, they were all alcoholic children. They used to come through the airport. What you talking about? No, I, and I'm saying that, right? The whole Bill Clinton, his son, the Billy Beer stuff. They go look at his look at his. I mean, saying that I'm not Clinton, but um, um, Jimmy Carter. Like, if you want to start judging individuals by the people who are relating to them, all of us would not be able to ever run for office. Because I'm sure you can find somebody in my family who has. Bought cops, beat up cops, done whatever. Like, you can find those, and I can name a couple of them, right? And you can say, well, hey, Jerome, how can you sit here uh, with a moral authority and talk about this when you had somebody in your family do A, B, and C? Who cares? It wasn't me. I didn't do that. So I think we're being a little harsh. I know we're making fun of it, but, again, on the serious side, when we're talking on a to an audience who's listening, we need to give them a little bit more, a, a little bit more of a base of what we're talking about. That does not disqualify him. The reason that Joe Biden is getting all of this fire is because the Trump folks, the Republicans, the, everybody wants to give him fire because they know that he can beat Trump pretty damn easily. Joe Biden wasn't disqualified for being vice president because his, kid, because his son failed out of a, te- got a, failed a drug test. That didn't disqualify him. That didn't disqualify him from being senator. What has changed so from Joe then Biden now? Joe Biden is going to get my vote regardless, Jerome. I, he's gonna I know. Money, he's going to get, get, get mine. And he's going to get my money. He's going to get my contributions because I need him to stay in the race. But, and but, that, so, but that was my point. Like, like I don't like raking folks over the coal because it's fun. Because what what happens is that people will start to put doubt in folks' head without raking everybody else over the coal. So if we go to, yep. you know, that, uh, what's her name, Gabby... Whatever the woman who's running from Hawaii, you can compare her to Jill yeah, yeah. Stein, right? And all of her yeah. Russian connections and all that stuff. Do we throw that against her? Do we throw Curry Booker up? A, you know what I mean? Kamala. All they don't of even them. count. Booker and Kamala don't count anymore because I don't even Look know why they're in the race. Oh, sorry. She was a Republican before yeah. she changed to become a Democrat. That's why she still can't yeah. relate to black folks because she has no idea what yeah, I don't like her free, own free, humanity. Free. On how to deal yeah. with minorities, she keeps saying that same bull, you know, that the rising tide raises all boats. Her, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. She talked, yeah. See, I'm stuttering up because I don't remember their name. I'm doing Joe Biden. I have a lot of stuff in my head. So I didn't no, remember no, Bernie no, Sanders' don't. name. I was going to say Bernie Sanders, but I couldn't remember his name. Uh, is the thing. Uh, so I'm just making the point that if you look, if you pull back from it. 
a post from a Saturday Night Live way of looking at people and our bullying mentality of making fun of people, you will see the reason that that dude does what he does is for a reason. That doesn't make him any less smarter than anybody else. And we have to right. contact that. That is our job to do yeah. and to clear that up. And I agree with you. You said something about uh, you know our listening audience. So now, real quick, what we're going to do? We're going to skip Chatterbox this morning. Uh, we're about man, we're over. We're about a quarter till. So we may end up doing what we did last week, which we got some very good compliments uh, behind what we did last week with Jerome because he had much more time to, to kind of be Jerome. <laughs> so, so I don't know. We may we may end up doing that again this, this morning because I, I noticed our numbers shot way up uh, from last week uh, from the week before. So that may be a result of that. That's a big jump, probably about a 50% increase in listeners uh, based on them looking at the numbers. But uh, Jerome said something about re- reaching out to people who, you know, we have responsibility people who listen. So I'm going to do two things. I'm going to read two comments. I want to read one from the pastor because, you know, he's, you know, he's just like he's our, he's our cyber Kavina man. So, you know, the, the, the pastor says great points all around. I've been waiting all week to hear y'all's opinion on this. So I don't really read that, but I want to read something from, from a guy named Charlie. And he said, you know, typical leftists ignore the facts. No one, no direct witnesses to the crime. Let, 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 me, let me say this. You know, and when you, yeah, I talk about this all the time as, you know, keeping it simple, kiss, keeping it simple, stupid. You know, sometimes we look at things and we overanalyze things when it is as plain as the nose on your face. So let me give you a scenario here, and I want you guys to be patient as I walk through this. Saturday night, there was a crime committed at 1230 at night. A lady by the name of Mary was murdered in her house. Police get there. They're trying to find out what's going on. Police get some information, say, hey, listen, you need to go talk to a lady by the name of Nancy. She may have information about the murder. They go talk to Nancy. Nancy said, well, look, I wasn't there, but I heard a guy by the name of John said he heard another guy talk about the murder. Police go and talk to John. John says, okay, uh, what I hear is is that uh, Ernest, which is uh, Ernie Earl, was the guy who talked about murdering somebody, but he's the roommate of, uh, of Johnny. All right, so they go talk to Johnny's roommate. Johnny's room, go talk to Johnny. Johnny said, look, uh, you know, listen, all I know is, is that, you know, Earl left here at around 1130 at night. He came back at about 1.30, 2.30 in the morning. He had on a bloody shirt. He thought I was asleep. He went out back. He burned the shirt. He threw something in the lake. But I didn't see the crime. Police eventually worked their way to Ernie. Ernie confesses to the crime. You can't sit here and say because someone didn't see something direct that they don't play a pivotal role in the end result. You people need to stop being so damn stupid. You're following this clown. He's going to lead you right off the edge of this planet. You are ridiculous. People who support Trump, don't reach out to me. I have nothing to say to you. Period. This is ridiculous that we're having this conversation about this. This is nonsense. It's nonsense. They do this because they support this fool. This guy does not have a clue of what he's doing. And you people are walking around, oh, I, can't, I, I can't see my stories. What? Your stories, you should be everybody, it should be must-see TV. They should have played it during the day and then rebroadcast it at night for the folks who are at work who couldn't see it. This is crazy. I'm tired of this nonsense. We'll be right back after this. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Baylor University. Focused on transforming lives through groundbreaking research, innovation, and collaboration, Baylor researchers infuse discovery with a distinctly Christian voice. 
Learn more at baylor.edu slash research. Following a manhunt in Alabama, authorities have a suspect in custody in the fatal shooting last night of Lowndes County Sheriff John Williams. Williams was shot and killed while responding to a call at a convenience store. The suspect has been named as 18-year-old William Chase Johnson. Top lawmakers on the House and Senate Appropriations Committees say more work is needed to wrap up budget negotiations, but that an agreement has been reached on how to allocate funding across a dozen annual spending bills. Agreement opening the door to completing budget negotiations was announced this weekend. Last week, lawmakers passed a stopgap measure to fund the government through December 20th. Pope Francis is calling on world leaders to abandon nuclear weapons in a speech in Nagasaki, Japan, site of the world's second atomic bombing in 1945. NPR's Anthony Kuhn reports from Seoul that Francis' trip to Japan is the first by a pope in nearly four decades. At a memorial to the victims of the Nagasaki bombing, Francis told political leaders to remember that nuclear weapons can never bring security. He also criticized the doctrine of nuclear deterrence, which his predecessor, John Paul II, had called a necessary evil during the 1980s. Pope Francis lamented the collapse of arms control treaties, such as the Intermediate Range Nuclear Forces Treaty, which the U.S. exited in August. The Pope met with some of the 1945 bombing survivors, known in Japan as Hibakusha, most of whom are now in their 80s and 90s. Anthony Kuhn, NPR News, Seoul. And I'm Joel Snyder, NPR News from Washington. Folks, once again, we're going to do what we did last week. We're going to give Jerome all the time he needs to get his stories out of the way, but we want to get final thoughts in real quick. And so let me start with you, Vanessa, final thoughts. Okay. Final thoughts. Everybody got some dirty stuff going on in their family. Everybody got some dirty laundry. Everybody got some skeletons. And it's not going to stop me from voting for Biden because I think Biden is the best person to be able to come behind Obama and be able to deal with the White House. Out of everybody that's running, I think that Biden is better than the rest of us because he knows what actually, actually goes on behind closed doors in the White House and nobody else running can say they know that, even though they're good, their speeches are good. But I do say that for me, Vanessa, I would not have put my family through this. Does that have anything to do with people voting for Biden? Absolutely not. This man is spending double the amount of money on TV commercials trying to fight everything that Biden is coming toward the Biden family. So, therefore, that's why people in contributions of $5, $10, $7 is so important to keep him in the race for doing advertisement and stuff. And, Jerome, for you, you're absolutely right. If it, I can talk about Biden if I want to because I'm a Democrat. But if it comes across my face one day that they got something to say about him, when I get through deleting it so you can't see it on my page, <laughs> okay, then I'm going to come back and I'm going to, oh, I'm going to go on their page and I'm going to comment because sometimes I can't delete people's stuff. So I'm just saying you're absolutely right. I'm not going to let it get on my page because then it will sway some other people. You're right. And I will delete it if it comes across my page. But I still would not have put my family through this. But Biden is the best person, and he's got my money, and he's got my vote for 2020. Y'all have an awesome Thanksgiving. I'm going to listen to y'all in the car on my way to church. I love y'all each 
each and every one of y'all. I appreciate y'all being in my life. And happy, and that's what I'm thankful for. So happy Thanksgiving to you guys. Thank you so so much, Vanessa. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. All right. Um, hey, it's time for final thoughts. Mr. Jerome Esprit, final thoughts. All right. Well, okay. So I know this wasn't a part of the show. I don't want to do it in the news. But I do want to talk about the fact that, um, what's his name? Now, see, I'm starting to have memory lapses since I missed that. All right. So Bloomberg wants to run for president. Right, and so yeah, the funny thing, well, I know he, he just announced he officially announced that he's going in. So the reason that is is because of what I just said about Biden, right? And the more that we have conversations about Biden or his son, because Biden didn't break any laws, nobody's even accusing him of breaking any laws. They are getting right. on his son, which is kind of implement, you know, just kind of put his name out there. So the yep. problem with that is that people who fund campaigns, the billionaire class of people, are scared. So now they're trying to take shots and put their man out there. So there is no way, and, and at the same time, you can look at somebody Bloomberg, like Bloomberg and say he can relate to me better than Biden can. So as you start watching this thing, watch around the candidates, because the person who's getting shots taken at them are, are probably in the in the front, and remember the people with the money who is spurring on this advertising and and uh, media blitz against Biden are all pretty much scared of him. I don't know why Bloomberg would be scared of Biden, but I still think that they're trying to take them out and weaken Biden. And I and I can't tell you for who, because none of them have as strong of a relationship with people than Biden does. Because once again, Obama comes on to support Biden. Then it's a done deal. So, from President Obama just taking a neutral stand on all this, I disagree with him doing that, but that's not my business. But the funny thing to me is that we've gone through um, this show talking more about Biden than we did about Trump, and the, the history is going to show from this impeachment inquiry that that dude is the real criminal out there. And we're talking about somebody who we just want to investigate, and you got a criminal telling you to investigate somebody else. It's amazing. So everybody stay focused and not be distracted. Trump is a bum, and he should be in jail. The man gets the first and last word here on the serious side, the one and only Mr. L to the E to the S, man. Final thoughts. Look, folks. You watched the impeachment hearings, or maybe you didn't. But, wow, if everybody around you is accusing you of, of, of doing wrong, then guess what? You're wrong. And for, for you guys to sit there and, and defend him, I'm not going to say anything to you because you're going to defend him no matter what. I'm talking to the independent voters that are, that are on the fence. Look, get out and vote, folks, because if you don't, we're going to get the same things we're getting right now because this guy is robbing America blind. The Senate, the, the Congress, these people are robbing America blind. There's no reason that senators and congressmen should be making millions and millions of dollars. But they are. Guess why? Because special interest groups are paying them. And if you, find, if you find your senator or your congressman doing the same thing, vote their asses out of office. Get out and vote, folks. It's your right. 
got a response from Charlie, and he says, blah, blah, blah. He is, he said, blah, blah, blah. He is building the wall. He is protecting our southern border, and you guys can't stand it. Blah, blah, blah. Building the wall. He's protecting our southern border, and you guys can't stand it. <laughs> you mean the wall that uh, President Obama was was starting to be built under him, and he just went and signed yeah. it? Is that what you're talking about, yeah. Charlie? Charlie, people like you makes my skin crawl. Because instead of looking at things from an objective point of view, what you do is you have your opinion and you sit here and uh, support and defend those opinions with no facts whatsoever. So let me tell you something. Bottom line is, is this. What amazes me about people like you and your buddies and all that stuff you tune in every Sunday. I guess you tune in just to throw shade on what we do. But guess what? No, you're not. You're not throwing any shade on us. Matter of fact, you're helping us. You're making our numbers higher. So we appreciate you. Bottom line is, we're going to tell you the truth whether you like it or not. You can walk around with blindfolds on and think this guy is the greatest thing since sliced bread. But what that does is it shows you how ignorant you are and your people. So here's my word of advice. On our cable channel, it's called it's cable channel 638. It's Fox News. You can tune in. You can hang out with your people. Or you can even come to our chat room and hang out with some of our people and talk to them. And you guys can form a club and do whatever you want to do. But at the end of the day, when you tune in and listen to us, they're going to tell you what's up, whether you like it or not. Boo, boo, boo. But they say, bless his heart. Mr. LES, if it's Sunday... We're talking serious stuff. What time is it, my friend? The time for the serious time today. Wow. Show. Folks, it's been a pleasure to serve you, but don't go anywhere because coming up next, it's on a need-to-know basis for my main man, Mr. Jerome Esprit. So for Vanessa May Bell, for Johnny D, for Mr. Elias, and for Jerome, I'm Jay Riles saying have a great work week. And remember, it's Sunday. And we're talking serious stuff. It is a serious side. We won't be here next Sunday. We'll be here joint Thanksgiving. Happy holidays. We'll see you in two weeks right back here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio. And best. The first lady dazzles on election night in a... Tell me what you want me to do. Now that I got that off my chest, it is time to get some news that you can use. It is time for only need to know basis with Mr. Jerome Spree. Man, what's going on, brother? What's on the docket today? Well, you still got time to get stuff off your chest? <laughs> okay. Go. Oh, good. Hey, hey. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> hey, hey, you know what? We, we don't stop when it's time, especially when we go into overtime. I know we still got a couple of minutes that we live on the air. That you can guard your kids for, but after that, you know, I'll break them off. Okay, I'm just joking. <laughs> I am just joking. Now, you know, this week, um, the American Medical Association calls for an immediate ban on all electric, electric cigarettes and vaping devices. And they said, you know, there's there was 42 deaths across the U.S. So the AMA said, you know, since we have those deaths linked to e-cigarettes, that they needed to um, shine a light on how little experts know about them. 
um, it voted on a new policy in a meeting um, in San Diego this week to ban them all. Now, again, they don't have no governance responsibility, the American Medical Association, but they're saying that they won't support anybody using um, electronic cigarettes or vaping or what is it called, e-cigarettes. Yep. Now, the Pope warned that globalization and technology are producing some um, cultural culture devastation, a culture devastation. So Pope Francis warned that technology and globalization are homogenizing young people to the point where their uniqueness and their culture um, individually are are endangered. Now, I I happen to agree with the Pope if you didn't get what he's saying, right? I don't know if you guys do. But it reminds me of how hip-hop and rap started, right? The more... The more you widen, and I know we're going to probably have a little conversation about this, but, you know, beside the exception of Eminem, the more you make pop rap, the more rap is watered down and becomes homogenized. So now you have no diversity in the music because it it thinned itself out. So yep. the thing that when you globalize, when you have globalization and technology, they're producing cultural devastation. We will have one bland society of all a bunch of idiots. <laughs> I'm going to paraphrase for the Pope. But right. you know what I mean? Like, we have to listen to old school music because the music that's playing on the radio, nobody over the age of 40 can actually listen to. You're 100% right about that, my brother. Oh, my God, it's horrible. Yeah, and, and I, I try to check it, check it up, uh, chalk it up to the fact maybe... Um, I didn't give it a good listen or something. I tried I tried to do that for a minute, but then when I realized, I, when I listened and realized they wasn't saying anything, it just didn't help. At all. It made At it worse. All. I think I tolerated it more when I wasn't paying any attention. Really? So, now, um, Pope Francis also urged the war, world leaders to scrap nuclear weapons to end the threat of total annihilation. Um, he spoke at the ground zero from the Nagasaki atomic bomb. So the 82-year-old delivered a speech at the atomic bomb hypo center, which is the site of nuclear bass from 1945. He laid the wreath and flowers at the memorial before addressing the crowd. So, you know, I don't know how this is going to work because what Trump did is he pulled out of their nuclear agreement. So we're technically in arms race again, but, Maybe the next president yeah. will try to work that back out. Really? Who knows what kind of weapons Russia has now? Or I think they just some some scientists just got killed in the blast because um, they were working yeah. on nuclear weapons, and you know Putin said it's because we have the greatest weapons of all time. It's pretty much why he died in the blast. So he tried to spin it, but yeah, they're working on more nuclear weapons. All right, now China slammed the U.S. at the G20 for destabilizing the world um, through unilateralism and protectionism. As the House passed a bill supporting Hong Kong protests, um, the U.S. is the world's biggest source of instability, and its politicians are going around the world basically smearing China, is what the Chinese government said. So... This is kind of confusing. China does not like the U.S. because of its unilateralism and protectionism. 
But at the same time, Trump is supporting China by sending Ivanka over there and, um, you know, getting 20 patents to make fake handbags. <laughs> like, I don't really... really? <laughs> Again, you want to talk about somebody benefiting from their presidency, right? Somebody making money off of it. All right, now, an explosive leaked email claimed the U.N. watchdog, um, a U.N. watchdog is reporting that um, the alleged poison gas attack by Assad in Syria, they're saying that it was doctored. They found an email... Um, that they said they doctored um, the evidence to justify Britain and American missile strikes against Syria. So it's a dissident, uh, a dissenting scientist um, who was employed by the OPCW. In the email, um, said that the investigations on the ground of Duma have produced no hard evidence that um, any gas attack took place. That's why, that's why wow. Obama did not want to go into Syria. Yeah. We make up facts wow. on people just to bomb them, and then we act like, oh, yeah, yeah, we were justified. Obama was like, no. Yeah. yeah, that was Bush and his boy. That was, uh, not Bush, but uh, what was his crony? What was the vice president's name? Oh, Cheney. Uh, Cheney, yeah. His name? That was crony. Cheney. Cheney. Yeah, yeah, Cheney, uh, yeah. He, yeah, the real president of the United States. Was <laughs> yeah, yeah, they they made stuff up just to go in there. So it's, yep. it's funny to see the Trump supporters say stuff like, you know, Obama wouldn't go in there. And um, just like in the impeachment hearings that someone, yeah. I, I, one of the Republicans said something about. The that, missiles that they were given. They, yeah, they, Trump, said, yeah, he didn't give them missiles. They, they the said right that missiles. Obama was given blankets. Yeah. And Dr. Hill lit into those fools, right? She was yeah. like, that's not what happened. And here's what we gave them, and they couldn't say anything. So the Obama, you know, Sparrow did that too. He broke it down. He broke down all the stuff that the Obama administration gave to those cats, all yeah. the money, everything. So you're absolutely yeah. correct. Put an end to that yeah. nonsense. So that's why the Republicans were pretty much scared once Hill started t- testifying because she just did not play. And much respect to Dr. Hill too um, for just not taking bull off of people. Because once she released her statement, the re- the Republicans was was like we shouldn't test her, and they tried for a second, and she listened. Yeah, them up. they left. They left, yeah. didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Pretty much wanted to walk out of the room, and I know again yeah. that what's his name walked out of the room when um, um, Swarwell put the um, that article on file about him in Ukraine. But I think we have a little bit about that a little bit later in the show. But we'll talk about that. Now, a British um, TV um, host has a, a race issue and is reprimanded for calling Marilyn Mar- Markle uppity because the word was used in the 19th century to insult black people. So um, Edmund Holmes described Meghan Markle as uppity as a result in one complaint from uh, from a viewer who sat who said it was a 19th century insult against black people, and he was kind of reprimanded for it. But we we know mm. what that is. So yeah, opening, yeah, and yeah, yeah. yeah. So the funny thing is, is that we act like when new people, you know, young kids hear that, they're like, "How does that seem like that's racist?" And racist people will say that too, because they they expect you not to know the history behind words. 
But yeah, that's the right. Thing. All right. Now Uber. Um, do you know they have an Uber helicopter? Really? You know that? Didn't know that. Yeah. Uh-uh. Uber has, gives you helicopter rides from uh, Manhattan's JFK to um, um, to um, another airport. Like, so they'll take you from Kennedy to JFK. And do you know it's a third cheaper than Uber Black ride? So, you know, you, Uber Black yeah. is kind of luxury Uber. So the Uber Black rides from the city to the airport. Um, and so the riders come from Manhattan were actually able to take an eight-minute helicopter trip for $108.98, which is said to be a third lower than the Uber Black ride with the car charges you $163.11. You could take a helicopter cheaper. Wow. I know. Boy, the Bloomberg problems of the world, right? You can get a cheaper Uber. Yeah, really. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Now, a bridezilla canceled her wedding because her fiancé refused to ditch his five-foot-three-inch best man after she complained that he was too short and would ruin the wedding photos. And he had crooked teeth, by the way. That's what she said. So okay. she believed she was believed to be from the U.S., but she said the best man is only five three, and that would look ridiculous escorting her and her beautiful sister down the aisle. So she canceled the wedding. Well, yeah, she's yeah. He don't need to marry anyway. He dies the bullet. Exactly. He I was gonna say we need bullet. a Vanessa on this. I need a woman's perspective. Like if you gonna get mad because that guy is short, the guy's friend is short. You don't want to marry him. That's what I'm. That's what I'm going for. No, you're 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 looking for an excuse to get out of there. All right. Now, Amazon faces a privacy backlash over its plans to add uh, face scanning technology to ring doorbells. They want to warn homeowners about suspicious people outside their door. So, Amazon says that their facial recognition software is a feature that has been considered but never implemented. And if installed, it would allow the device to alert homeowners if an unfamiliar face is detected. Well, wow. let me tell you a nice little story. If you're expected, you usually don't ring the doorbell. People are expecting you to be there. So everybody who rings your right. doorbell is pretty much unexpected. <laughs> like, like, wait, <laughs> why do you have a un- – you don't have a doorbell for people you know. <laughs> like, they knock on the door. I'm sorry. That's a cultural, that's a cultural thing. But the problem is – is that they are trying to slip facial recognition onto ring doorbells. So if you got them, just be sure that you um, – I don't think you can turn them off either. I don't think there's a time that you can turn off a ring doorbell. I think it constantly sends a signal. So um, you're going to take the batteries out. All right, no, now – I don't think you can do is take it down. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's the only thing you can do. Now, a D.C. attorney, attorney general, sues a DoorDash for pocketing millions of dollars in tips that customers thought were going to delivery workers. <laughs> so the D.C. Attorney General uh, uh, is suing DoorDash for pocketing their money. It seeks millions of dollars in tip, sure. tip money from the, from the company. Isn't that sad? They're like, oh, really? we pay you, but if you get a tip, that, some of that's going. As a matter of fact, they didn't even say some of it. They said they're keeping all of it. They kept a lot of their tip money. Wow. Yeah. Now, Qantas Airlines is threatening legal action against Will I Am. Now, they said that 
um, if he if Will I Am doesn't retract his claims that the flight crew, crew singled him out because he's black, that they're going to sue him. So a spokesman for um, Qantas, which is an Australian um, airline, completely rejected the suggestion that race was a factor in an incident involving Will I Am. So Will I Am, if you don't know from the Black IPs, claimed on Twitter that um, he had been a victim of racially motivated abuse when an employee called the police on board for asking him to put away his laptop. So the tweets claim that poor treatment from the crew and discrimination based on race, um, the airlines are saying that they replied that there was um, that there appeared to be a misunderstanding on board, and it was exacerbated by the fact that Will I Am was wearing noise canceling headphones. So since he was wearing huh. headphones and he couldn't hear them, they called the police on him, and he's saying they called what? the police on him because he's black. Because yeah. they would have asked anybody else with noise canceling earphones, they would have kind of tapped them and said, "Can you take can you close your laptop?" Exactly. Yep. Now here's the here's the thing about Qantas. Now I don't know too much about the airlines. Never flew them, but Janet Jackson's bassist accused Qantas of racism, claiming that the airline didn't permit him to take his guitar on board, while they allowed white passengers to do so. Now he's on. He's in the same band. They bring their instruments on, but they were like. You black guy, you can't bring them on board. Wow. So, yeah. so with that bit of information, I'm going to go with Will I Am on this one. <laughs> I would too, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's no regular coincidence in that. Just, you know, did, didn't just happen. Now, Michael yeah. Bloomberg apologized for his stop and frisk police policy that disproportionately targeted black and Latino people while he was New York mayor. So... Bloomberg, who's 77, told the Christian Culture Center congregation that he was wrong, and that was um, well, Bloomberg's first speech since he since he was saying that he was president. Okay, he was wrong, all right. He, he didn't give a damn at that time, did he? <laughs> no, and he still don't care, right? Because after all these years of him not being president, you think it would have hit him that he was wrong? He got sued all the way to the Supreme Court, and they said it was wrong, and he's still just now yeah. admitting it. Yeah. So we're supposed to fall for that. Now, I have to say this. Stephanie Rule was on TV, and she's the MSNBC anchor who used to work for Bloomberg. She was trying to clean this up for him. She was on the whole, She was a. She was a, a guest on Joy Reid's AM Joy show this morning, and she said that. He feels bad for what it did to the African-American community, but he only half feels bad because the crime weight was down. It's but like, it's okay, still, so... Even after the rule to get, did the crime rate still go down? Yeah. So what was Right. So, so Stephanie Rule essentially said blocking all those black people brought the crime rate down. And she does wow. not even know. Now, I didn't do the story... <laughs> That Stephanie Rule was accused of sleeping with, I think it was Twitter's founder. That was in the paper about three weeks ago. And she was re- remaining real low key until Bloomberg. Wow. Uh, I like Stephanie Rules, man. She, she used I mean, I watch her show every day, and man, she's always for our peeps. But I sound like, boy, wow, uh, what happened there? I don't, think, uh. I don't think she is. I think that it, she's like the really cool white sorority girl. 
Like, they like hip-hop, like salt and pepper, but they still hold it down for their people, right? And so I'm not getting on her. I don't know her. So I'm going to say this. I watch every day. Wow. No, and I, I do watch her show. I do watch her show. And, um, but, you know, the what I found is the, the most racist people on the planet is really conservative people and really liberal people. And just because she can relate to us in some some ways, she holds um, women's suffrage over her head. Like you know, they're just it's just like her and Mika Brzezinski, right? It's like women's empowerment, and we need to do this. They ain't talking about black women because anytime something happens to a black woman, you don't see them talk about empowering women. So that that's an old trick. Elizabeth Cady Stanton um, and Susan B. Anthony all did the same thing to Harriet Tubman. And Sojourner Truth. When it came to women's suffrage, when it came to black women, they were like, no, this is about women. Which meant it was about white women. They were clear. So Stephanie Rule falls into that pool for me. Although, again, uh, um, I watch her and um, Rachel sometimes and Nicole Wallace. But I can tell you this, it, I accept what I hear from them. Because we need to be conscious about the fact that if they can't see beyond their own person, then technically we have to do the sifting for them. I'm not blaming them for not knowing jack about black people. I'm blaming them for saying that they don't know jack about black people. <laughs> you know, and put Keith Keith Oberman back on. Speaking of that, yeah, really. You know, do you really want to get something get something started? All right. Now, a poll finds that 51% of Americans say that Trump abused power by asking Ukraine to investigate um, um, Hunter Biden and Joe Biden, but only 48% support removing him from office. So the Democrat-led um, House by Adam Schiff has um, succeeded in convincing the public that Trump acted inappropriate with his dealings with Ukraine, according to this new poll. Now, I know what you're thinking. If 51% said he abused power, but 48% does not want, 48% doesn't want him removed, that they shouldn't remove them. But I interpret that a little bit differently. If 51% said he is guilty, then convict him. Right? We can, there's no, if somebody says that he murdered really? that person, you don't say, he murdered him, but I don't think you should go to jail. Huh. That's not your call. Really? What the punishment is. If you think he's guilty, his punishment should be what, uh, can, what a convicted person's punishment should be. But again, it's what Kavina Man said. When you talk about white folks, you talk about crime and punishment a little bit different. He committed the crime, but I don't think it should be punished. Now, speaking of dotard, Donald Trump had a screening <laughs> for family, friends, and staff of the movie The Joker star- starring um, uh, Joaquin Phoenix at the White House last Saturday night. Now, a source said that Trump like the movie. Now, surprisingly enough, a, a movie about a psychopath <laughs> raising terror <laughs> in a city is something that Trump likes. And he's a clown. And he's wearing orange makeup. <laughs> like, like, that's not that Trump thing. I'm just, I'm just going to put that out. But he said he liked it. All right. Now, federal prosecutors in New York will speak to a Ukraine gas executive in the probe of Rudy Giuliani's business dealings. Now, a lawyer uh, for Andrew, I guess it's um, 
Favreau um, confirmed yesterday that he scheduled he scheduled a voluntary meeting with the U.S. Justice Department. So that CEO said that he will testify in the FBI probe to Rudy Giuliani for campaign financing and illegal lobbying. And he's going to discuss everything that's connected, is what he said. Huh. Now, this is a different person from the um, the other Ukrainian company. It looks like it's a different energy company that's going to that's going to um, talk to them about Rudy Giuliani. Again, Rudy's going to get up under some heat, and he's going to he's going to sell everybody out. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, because now they're getting real evidence against him. So this has, he, he, he don't give a damn about talking about nothing now. So he definitely yeah. give a damn about. Yeah, that that proof that he said is going to be something to look out for. Now the Ukraine envoy, um, um, Volker, he walked back to his closed door testimony and he admitted that he um, he has seen the connection between the alleged um, Burisma corruption and the Biden um, probe differently. And that Giuliani's conspiracy theories about the ex-president was not the ex-vice president Biden was not credible. So Ambers- huh. and, and Ambassador um, Kurt Volker, who uh, formed a special envoy to U- Ukraine and a national security aide, aide Tim Morrison, were among the nine witnesses that testified last week in that public hearing at the House Intelligence Committee. He says that there's nothing credible in to those conspiracy theories about Vice President Joe Biden. Huh. That's what he testified to this week. Oh, and you know what? <laughs> you know, Gordon Sutherland, Sunderland, who, um, who is also a diplomat, he actually said to, um, to, to Trump, about ASAP uh, Rocky, he said, "Let him get sentenced and then play the race card, and then tell the Kardashians you <laughs> fried." Now that's what Sunderland's conversation with Trump was about um, ASAP Rocky's trial in Sweden. It was it was revealed at the impeachment hearing. So the Kardashians not only is your sex tape popping, you just got in history books in the impeachment trial. Fuck <laughs> that for having no talent. I just want to put that out there. She married Kanye. She can't sing, dance. She can't draw. She can't do jack. And now she's in the talent. <laughs> yeah. So diplomat David Holmes testified in public on Thursday that Gordon Sunderland um, told Trump in a phone call that he would play the racism card to help rapper ASAP Rocky. He told him that <laughs> oh, wow. in the hearing. So in case you're missing the highlights, I'm giving you some highlights from our show today. Um, Trump also used his U.N. ambassador, um, Gordon Sunderland, to run a, dismi- uh, a domestic political errand in Ukraine. That's what uh, White House former Russia ex- expert Dr. Fiona Hill Hill told the impeachment hearing. She, uh, she um, savaged Republicans, is how they're phrasing this, for claiming that Ukraine interfered with 2016 election. The White House former top advisor on Russia, she knows the most about Russia than anybody, wrote a couple of books on Putin herself. And she said that uh, she hit back at unproven theories pushed by um, Trump and his defenders 
that the Ukraine and not Russia interfered with the 2006 um, election. Fiona Hill was praised on Thursday on Capitol Hill for being steely as she confirmed this girlhood story, uh, her story, about somebody lighting her pigtail on fire during the test. And she just put her hand back and put the fire out and finished her test. You know, but they said that she was strong. She did what she she did what she did. I thought it was an interesting story, and she said she's told that story before. And with the lesson that she got uh, in the whole story, everybody else sees it as being strong. She said her mother gave her a bowl cut after that. <laughs> that's the only thing that she got out of it. <laughs> so that's what happened with, when your hair get on fire. But but the Republicans' hair is on fire now. So let's see how many of them come back with a bowl cut. Really? <laughs> now, now uh, the gun dealer who sold hundreds of rounds and homemade ammunition to Las Vegas gunman Stephen Pettick pled guilty to manufacturing and the armor-piercing bullets without a license. So that Arizona man wow. did plead guilty in Nevada to illegally manufacturing tracer and armor-piercing bullets found in that hotel where he carried out the um, massacre on the Las Vegas Strip two years ago. They did catch him. All right. Wow. Now, I know we didn't cover this, and I meant to bring this up earlier in the news, but Revolt TV's chairman, Sean Diddy Combs, chastised Comcast for using his name in Revolt TV against um, claim against um, Entertainment Studios, Byron Allen, essentially. So Entertainment Studios Network CEO Byron Allen claimed that Comcast denied carrying his black-owned cable channel due to racial discrimination before that case reached the highest quarter land on November 13th after a three-year battle. So Puffy said, or Combs said, my name and my network revolt has been mentioned recently by Comcast in reference to the Comcast Byron Allen Supreme Court case as an example of Comcast's inclusive practices with um, respect to, with respect to African-American-owned cable networks. While that is true, we're in business with Comcast. It is not accurate to use my name or my network as an example of inclusion. It's an effort um, to get the lawsuit filed against, I mean, for, filed by Byron Allen dismissed. So Comcast took legal action, um, a legal approach that could fundamentally weaken civil rights protections. And so huh. Cone wrote. I have a problem with this. The Civil Rights Act of 1866, Section 1981, was designed to ensure black people were able to do business in this country and not be denied because of race. According to Reuters, get this, the Trump administration is siding with Comcast in that case, trying to get rid of yeah. surprise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we were all shocked. I must have fell off of my chair when I saw that. Now, the Supreme Court ruling really? in this Comcast Byron Allen case is due by the end of June. And I want to say this. Comcast owns MSNBC, for the record. That's why you don't see too much, um, too many people talking about this case on places like MSNBC, because Comcast owns them. And they are suing to get rid of the Civil Rights Act of 1866. And Byron Allen's been calling them evil ever since. And calling them out by name. They are evil. Hell, if you're doing that. Yep. Come on, man. Just so so that they don't have to play back people. They want to get rid of Civil Rights Act 
across the board because they don't want to have to pay in fairness um, equity to black owned businesses. So they're going to get rid of civil rights legislation because they don't have a leg to stand on. Wow. Problem is, wow. when Byron Allen sued them, they would be able to look into the books of Comcast to show that they actually give their CEO a severance bonus that's bigger than all the money that they've ever spent on black broadcasters. Wow. And they're scared to show that. So they're suing to get rid of the law because they get rid of the law. They feel like Byron Allen can't sue them. Instead of fighting the merits of the case, just like Trump folks, they want to get rid of Civil Rights Act opposed to dealing with what they're getting sued for. They can't wow. prove that they haven't done anything. Damn, I know it's people. a sad story, and I know we didn't spend any time on that, but we really kind of should talk about that at some point. Now, yeah. um, you know, Charles Barkley is facing criticism after um, a female Axos reporter. He, he said this to her. I don't hit women, but if I could, I would hit you. So reporter Lexi wow. McCommon claimed that Barkley told her this after she um, after he um, clarified, she asked him to clarify which presidential candidate he's going to support in 2020. And just as an FYI, Charles Barkley told me tonight, I don't hit women, but if I could, I would hit you. And <laughs> when she objected, he told her, oh, you couldn't take a joke. So she blew him out the water on Twitter. Wow. Yeah. Charles, now, Charles, Charles. Yeah. So she she said normally if somebody says that they're speaking off the record, she would honor that agreement. But once he threatened her, then she said she felt like she, she didn't want to keep that secret. She said there's almost no times that I will um, break the OTR, which is the uh, off the record agreement, but this is not okay. And she's young. If you ever, if you've ever seen her, um, Lexi's pretty young. And for him to threaten her like that was just crazy. Now, um, yeah, Tyler, Tyler Barkley, you know. What'd you say? We're out talking about Barkley. Yes, yeah, this is Barkley. Now, um, Delta Airlines, a crew member, was accused of being more than six times the alcohol limit um, on the flight and um, at Heathrow Airport. So. She um, she lives in Brooklyn, New York, and has been charged with performing an aviation function when alcohol was the um, over the prescribed limit. She was six uh-huh. times over. She's a flight attendant. That just as a crew member, so I'm thinking she was a flight attendant opposed to being a pilot. So there's good and bad news, but your flight attendant wasn't going to be very helpful on that flight. Just <laughs> Wow. Hey, you know, there's a story about this groupie um, slept with Maurice Gibbs from the DGs. They just found out he's 51 years old. He took a DNA huh. test. The saliva came back 100% match for um, Maurice Gibbs' son, Adam. 100%. Oh. Yeah. She. They said that his biological mo- mother um, um, knew... Um, came to know the Bee Gees, you know, Maurice, Barry, and Robin while working as a studio manager in the late 60s. And she slept with Maurice Gibbs, got pregnant, gave the baby up for the adopt for adoption. They, he never knew who his father was. And then he did take a DNA test and found out he was 100% matched with um, Maurice Gibbs' son. 
Wow. That's a heck of a way to find that out, isn't it? Really, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, Indiana University says it can't fire its racist, sexist, homophobic professor because he's protected by the First Amendment. So that Eric crazy. Rasmussen, he's a professor of business wow. and economics and public policy, and he won't be fired after making um, uh, really offensive comments towards everybody, but and especially towards women. But they won't fire him. All right, so I know we're going towards the bottom of the hour. My bad. But, you know, I have to do this. This is my my former school as an alumni. Four Syracuse University students were um, suspended for shouting the N-word at a black woman on campus that has a ton of racial incidents. incidents. Now, the chancellor, Syracuse Chancellor um, Kent Severo, announced the suspension on Wednesday night, saying that the disciplinary, disciplinary measures stem from a verbal altercation outside of fraternity house on Saturday. It followed by a rash of racist graffitis. A swastika was drawn, um, an email telling Jewish professor get out of get in the oven. The police said that one widely reported incident in um, from a white supremacist. They were saying they were airdropping, you know, on your phones. Um, some racist racist information. They said that that was a hoax, but they said that 10 students were, um, they found the name of 10 students who were involved in this. Only four of them went to Syracuse. Several of them went to um, Rutgers University in New Jersey. Nevertheless, Syracuse University um, Interfraternal Council expelled the Alpha Chi Rho fraternity from campus indefinitely. Good. Yeah, this stuff is still going on and it's going crazy. And I won't tell you about the pistol whipping incident that actually happened with a white student drawing a gun on a black kid. We won't talk about that one because what? that yes, someone on that campus drew a gun at a party full of black folks, and then the police said, "Oh, yeah, we don't have any surveillance. We didn't see who it was." That's what they said. It is going to blow up. That's all I got to say. Wow. Wow. All right. So, uh, Jay seemed like he wanted.